Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Knapsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And this is the 198th edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, which is exciting because as 
Joseph, as we've uh, been aiming for, our 200th episode will be the Rise of Skywalker review. That's right. It is the will of the Force. We've planned it since episode one. We counted out the weeks. (laughs) Talking about (laughs) things being planned from the beginning, right? (laughs) Exactly. We planned this. 200th episode. We'll review the Rise of Skywalker. This is very exciting. Very excited. I'm very excited right now. This is the stakes of the Skywalker Saga episode as our part of our Force Center road to Rise of Skywalker as we get you... Get you ready, get you thinking about this movie, the big questions, the small questions, all the questions. We'll try to figure out the answers before we dive into everything. And the news, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, we'll uh, have our Force Center Recommends a little bit later, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Time to uh, catch up, life adventures, uh, Star Wars adventures, big weekends professionally for both of us, a lot of things going on, and yeah. Uh, life. Yeah, yeah. I think my main adventure is just trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people uh, feel that way, but it's so wonderful yeah. to have so much uh, Star Wars content uh, as we're recording this on Monday, as our listeners know, and then put it out on Tuesday. So last night was uh, Watchmen and uh, mm-hmm. Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I didn't even get to watch Crisis yet because we're behind mm-hmm. on those shows. But like, man, Wonder Woman uh, trailer and just, oh, you great. know, is somebody who, who grew up reading mm-hmm. Watchmen, the mm-hmm, comic mm-hmm. book series Crisis on Infinite Earths that changed everything yeah. is like the only way I could feel more 1980s is if comic books costed 60 to 75 cents <laughs> right now today. I wanted to go on Comixology and see if they're doing an 80s uh, oh, yeah. special. No, man, there's just, there's so much going on. Uh, I had a, had a show. Yeah. Uh, I've got, I'm in this fun nebulous space where I've got some fun things, the Hollywood type things happening that could either be like, oh, wow, cool. Or yeah. eh, nothing ever happens. Yeah. But it, it takes a lot of time with the writing and, and strange, yeah. weird contract headaches and things like that. So I've been mm. really busy, uh, trying to make time for everything i have about a third of the way through that book force collector okay which yep. so far is is very interesting it's got mm-hmm. some fun connections to everything but i haven't really got to the heart of it yet right uh and i also did want to shout out that insight editions mm-hmm. which publishes some of the different star wars books reached out to you and me and jennifer and got us uh, right. some of those books so eventually we'll be digging into that secrets of the jedi book and talking a little bit about that on mm-hmm. Force Center, but wanted to thank them for sending us those books. But as is evidenced by my rambling, mm-hmm. there's too much, man. How about you? Too much, man. <laughs> uh, same boat, but it's fun. And I know it's, for, it's holidays for a lot of our listeners, and you're probably feeling the same thing, which is why we're happy you're, you're hanging out with us. Uh, I, I had um, a live uh, Schmodown event downtown LA, the Schmodown Spectacular 4. So nice. uh, not everyone maybe has seen that. I know the event was broadcast live, but not everyone gets a chance to purchase it right away. Um, but the big Star Wars championship match with Alex Damon and Laura Kelly from the Force Toast podcast. I got to hang out with her and her uh, co-host Alice. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Good, she's a great competitor. Good people. Uh, great match. I got to announce the match. A lot of fun there. But also, that meant I got to meet a lot of folks uh, at the fan expo they had before. And that's always fun. Pressing the flesh with the good Star Wars <laughs> fans of the galaxy. Uh, and, um, you know, then that ends up uh, in a binge drinking session. Um, you know, I'll tell you what I did for the first time ever, Joseph. I've lived in L.A. 21 years. I bought a street hot dog. A street hot dog? Was it wrapped <laughs> in bacon? It was. They're so often wrapped in bacon. Oh, it's a 
staple and I've just never been brave enough. <laughs> and did you feel punched in the heart? Uh, I was punched in a lot of places and uh, <laughs> needed it to kind of uh, soak up and it did uh, the alcohol and it did its thing. Um, a lot of fun. And then uh, did uh, another first in a long time. Uh, recorded some great Star Wars ranked episodes with our friend Billy Patterson, Aaron on the channel, one in December, one in January. We banked some episodes yesterday. I was at Billy's house. One of the things, not to spoil it, but one of the episodes Star Wars cereal came up. Oh, yeah. He was specifically referencing a, a certain cereal for a certain movie. And on the way home, I was, I had run to another meeting. Uh, Grace, my girlfriend, texted me. He goes, hey, she hadn't been feeling well. Quite frankly, hungover. Uh, Can you stop by the store? I need some here. I, was I like, need some bacon-wrapped hot dogs. Yeah, I was immediately kind of grumpy. Like, i got to get to this meeting. She knows i got to get this meeting. Wait a minute. Let me stay luminous and make the best of this opportunity. <laughs> I went and got for the first time since 1985 Star Wars cereal. Nice. A I, nice themed cereal. Got the Rise of Skywalker, Kylo Ren on the front with the helmet and the Sith Trooper cereal. Happy to report it's some of the worst tasting cereal I've ever had. <laughs> uh, it's still, I'm sugar, still sugar crashing from this morning. I can still taste those 1989 Batman puffs yes. that I ate religiously, mm-hmm. and there was nothing, nothing food related in them. <sighs> But I'll tell you, it was a fun Star Wars adventure. So yeah, busy weekend for both of us. Yeah. That sounds really great. Well, I'm glad you got to have those adventures. I'm glad you got to talk to fans at, at Schmodown. Yeah, yeah. I know that's a always a, a great experience yeah. to hear people's excitement about Star Wars. And a lot of people, God bless you. Uh, hey, I got to ask you, Ken, what's your opinion on, on Mandalorian Episode 5? Yeah. So we had a lot of conversations. Nice. You and I, uh, of course, yesterday put up the, the review of the episode. You can catch it there. We try to keep Mando spoilers away from the main show. So that was my life. That was your life. Yep. And uh, we both got so busy we did not watch Resistance. Yes. We're too busy prepping for this very podcast to watch another Star Wars thing, but we'll yep. get caught up on Resistance. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I was explaining it to a friend of mine of, uh, you know, the ups and downs, good and bad of the show, and how I really love the last few episodes, so I'm trying to encourage them to catch up them, themselves. Yeah. Uh, let's dive into the news, though, right now. We have got a couple of news items. We intentionally, as we talked about last week, we're avoiding some of the things some of you might be watching. We understand, and we actually really, I got to say, Joseph, really kind of like that our Force Center audience allows us to kind of pull back on some of the news without yes. going, it's your job, Walter Cronkite. <laughs> you know? Right. Freeze frame this and yeah. put it in order. What part of the Passana chase is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some of the things, some of the big interviews. Look, I even picked up the Adam Driver Rolling Stone. It's a great cover. Yeah. I haven't read the interview just in case, just in case there's something I don't want to hear. Yeah. I dug into some of the, some of the Chris Terrio interviews, uh, oh, watched yeah, yeah. Our, our friend in front of the podcast, Ash Crossan's great interview of the All cast right. uh, and Galaxy's Edge. Mm. Uh, been wa- watching and reading lots of stuff, but starting to stay away from the commercials because they're just yeah. too many. And 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 thank God, sometimes the audio is automatically down because sometimes yes. you'll be scrolling and you're like, "What's the? Oh wait, I don't want to say that." Yep. Uh, but this one I did watch, and it's the friendship featurette. Nice. This was really nice. Now, we'll say this. There's an important potential context clue at the minute 24 mark. If you're watching, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's huge, but it was just one of the things. I was like, okay, so I maybe we won't discuss it here for those who, you know, it's just one of those like, oh, those two characters definitely there and here and all those kind of things. They either meet or they were at a rap party. Correct. (laughs) Hard to tell. Hard to tell. Um, But this 
this video, the friendship featurette, also really kind of focused on family and friendship, and it's focused on the three main heroes together. This is uh, Ray, Finn, Poe, a lot of their words, a lot of Daisy Ridley talking about uh, them all getting to work together. Oscar Isaac claiming the chemistry is, is, is good, very similar to the original trilogy stars. And Joseph, the, the, what is, comes, comes up in here in a very um, clear way is that, you know, hey, this is the first time we're really seeing these three together. Yeah, these three together. Yeah. yeah. And I think fans have been excited about that. And to hear J.J. Abrams talk about it so many places as well, mm-hmm. I think it really is a matter of Kathleen Kennedy often talks about having the directors find what is personal to them and what is true to them in their telling mm-hmm. of the Star Wars story. I feel like just for J.J. Abrams, I just start to feel like as a kid, that's something that spoke to him mm. in the original trilogy mm. is seeing the bond between yeah. and the fun and the chemistry between Han and Leia and Luke. And I wonder just like for himself, clearly when when he and Terry mm-hmm. sat down to crack this along with a bunch of other people that we'll mm. talk about, that must have just been something that was like, what do I want to see? What mm. feeling that I had when I was a kid do I want to give to the audience? Yeah. And they... The band of friends put through the gauntlet yeah. of going through a daring adventure together is clearly something that really speaks to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to really speak to themes of found family yeah. and and in keeping a sense of joy even when you're fighting for your lives. Yeah, I was going to say that this is very clearly... Friendship and family connections definitely going to be highlighted. They replayed in this feature at that the three PO line we've all now seen in the trailers. So that's interesting. Again, it makes a lot of sense for the final film. Empire, the main characters were separate, uh, separated, yeah. and separate, and then come back for Jedi. So that's just following a, a good path uh, because. Finn, uh, John Boyega says in this feature at one point, like, you know, I'm really glad on this film we're back together. And I'm sure you could twist that around (laughs) and do a a YouTube video on C. Um, But it just made sense. (laughs) It made sense in Last Jedi they weren't around. But I love that they're really, it's going to be felt in this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it certainly seems like it is going to be a lot of quality time. Obviously, they're going to separate separate at some point because yeah. we have seen a little bit of that and i think just thinking through the path of the story, story that that's gonna need to happen a little yeah. bit but you know reflecting on my own love of original trilogy those small moments uh just leave a big mark just yeah. han trying to find what to say to luke mm-hmm. when luke is getting ready for the battle of hoth yeah and knowing that they're not going to see each other until they go that's through everything moment. and then going right from that to that great bit of banter and jedi when they're together again huh yeah. How are we doing? Same as always. That bad, huh? Like, yeah. just those bookends, right? The, just those small moments handled well builds that relationship, and you can extrapolate so much out of it Yeah. Uh, that I think the fact that we're going to have the three of them together for a chunk of time, yeah. I think even more is going to spark out of that. So uh, there's definitely friendship and kinship in the prequel trilogy. It, it's on display in a lot of different ways. Yeah. We've discussed that. I know it, to me it never was the same as the big three. Also, the, the big three, Luke, Han, Leia, that's, that's kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime chemistry things of actors right. coming together. That's going to be very hard to achieve. But I, I want to ask you this here, without going too much into what the negative complaints are, 
I know sometimes maybe the sequel trilogy might look at, you know, Force Awakens, you know, Poe's there, he's gone, comes back. We definitely know he's he's not rolling around with Finn and Rey, but he's got some grip. I mean, in fact, quite frankly, whenever Poe's on screen in Force Awakens, you feel kinship just around him. Oh, it's electric, yeah. It just seems like Poe is one of those guys, you you, you know, you, you meet a, a person in life where you're just like, everyone's around them and having a good time. It just seems like yeah. that guy. Um, but uh, definitely we see Last Jedi. If this movie, if it works, it's firing on all cylinders and you get that sense that these are the three amigos going around the galaxy. Do you think that will help kind of change any kind of overall perception of the sequel trilogy, not having that spark uh, of of the originals? Some people might have. I think it's going to make the moments in Last Jedi that are there even more powerful. Mm. I mean, I think, as you and I have talked about, Finn saying, where's Rey? Yeah. Is already powerful that she lifts the rocks and what is waiting for her immediately is Finn running into her arms. Yeah. All that's going to have more weight. Um, the moments that Poe and Finn have together in Last Jedi, I think are going to have more weight. Yeah. I think but particularly if is the Poe and Ray relationship develops, you're not going to be able to watch Last Jedi and have the, you know, oh, I know who you are, Ray, mm. meeting uh, read the same. It'll have even more weight, just like those moments in Empire Strikes Back. You watch it back and know yeah. everything that Han and Luke are going to go through before they see one another again. That's great. That is different than when you just watched Empire Strikes Back and you don't know. You, you, if you don't know the story, and you don't know that they're going to meet up back mm-hmm. together again just fine in the third act. I love that. You'll never be able to look at it the same. That's a great point because when you there's some big series, say it's The Lord of Rings, Game of Thrones, any one of those big epic... Epic myths and journeys where the, an actual journey happens. Yeah. You, you look back and you go, man, you, they didn't know that was the last time yeah. as characters. That was the last goodbye. And, the, and Ned and Catelyn didn't know that. And that suddenly you're like, whoa, that moment yeah. means. So, he, But even also the first time Strider meets them at the meets the hobbits, you're like, yay. So he, just what you said. Hi, I'm I'm Poe. You know, I'm Ray. I know, like that that moment. Will, you'll be like, oh, remember when you just were starting out? Yeah, yeah. Pull your Game of Thrones uh, card. Yeah. You know, the the Ned Stark to Jon Snow. I'll tell you about your mother next time. Yeah, certainly seemed important when he first said it. <laughs> but after the whole series, you imagine Jon Snow st- just up there in the north, yeah. going, "God damn it!" Well, man, yeah, could have just spilled the beat. Yeah, yeah. So things take on more power after the fact. I really love these featurettes they've been doing. Um, I do. I know there've been featurettes for the other films. I know, I, you know, the behind the scenes, I, I know those exist for some reason. These ones are really popping for me Yeah, and really been fun, uh, fun watching them. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next headline here. This is, this is just fun. This just brings a smile to my face. Uh, I had heard rumors of a weird Jedi temple show growing. Mm-hmm. I had heard this growing. And then I, uh, uh, so heard uh, it might be a game show. I was like, What? Well, here we got it. Finally, Jedi Temple Game Show on Disney Plus, um, created and co- uh, uh, co-created by Scott Bromley, who produces the uh, Star Wars show. He's the on the Star Wars show guy. Real nice guy, <laughs> Scott. He's very nice. Uh, yeah. Very nice dude. And um, the host, as everyone now knows, but we're discussing it here for the first time with us, Ahmed best that's right mary holland a a local la uh performer improv performer and actor she's going to be on the show as like a droid like character co-host but ahmed best kind of headlining this joseph this is great yeah ahmed best playing a jedi yes so that's right yeah yeah you're right because uh he that 
What what's the game show that this is kind of based around? Every I it's I don't know. It's little you know you and I a little bit more in the double dare early double dare. Yeah, era. yeah. I don't think uh, anybody's going to get slimed at uh, the Jedi yeah. Temple. Yeah. I don't this think is the the uh, the the secret treasures of Sarah Mandre game. I don't know. <laughs> and I know everyone out there is going to tweet us and get please. I, I, I yeah. You know what, man? There's a lot of things that I know a lot about. I'm not going to claim to know a lot about children's <laughs> game shows. Just don't. It is based on one of those ones, but. Uh, Joseph, this is uh, this is this is kind of really big to have Ahmed officially back. Yeah, yeah, this sounds really really awesome. I think Ahmed Best is a charming, great actor, and uh, my uh, opinions and takes on Jar Jar have changed so much over the years. Now mm. that I really accept what George's focus f- was for Jar Jar and why he is in the Phantom Menace, and for my own self, like how I think he adds to the overall themes of Star Wars, mm. I, I enjoy his performance. I think he, I think Ahmed Best did a great job Mm -hmm. and i'm really excited uh for him and just kind of for the meaning of uh let's fight the darkness and and look to the light and bring him back into the into the fold perfect uh, perfect way to bring him back and he said this uh on on twitter he tweeted out uh in my most challenging times it was always the smiles and energy of kids that loved jar jar binks who lifted me up thank you for this opportunity to give back to them that gets me emotional. That is yeah. powerful. It makes me think of the the Chuck Wendig aftermath interlude of, of the kids in the galaxy, the only ones that appreciate this this guy, this character. And I, I, I well said from from Ahmed. Ben. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, the, I, I mean, I'm gonna be watching. I'm gonna be wishing I could compete. <laughs> what are your hopes for the actual show? Do you feel like it is like? Do you want it to be canon in the same way like the Lego Freemaker Adventures are canon? Whereas, like, it fits into a time period. They're mm. recognizable references, but it's wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, it's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ahmed Best is a specific Jedi with a specific name, but they're they're kids competing. We're not going to try to say like, yes, in galactic history, you know, Tad <laughs> Devin from Colorado failed as a like. You know what I mean? I would love if that actually happened. No, you just said it best. Where number one, I want his whatever his character is and Mary Holland's characters. I want them official canon. They show up on other stories with it. Yeah, that'll be fun. But yes, the, that that movable uh movable ground sh- yes. l- shaky ground a, a good gray area, yeah, yeah, gray area. Uh, that'd be great uh, yeah troy of laguna beach fell to the, uh, <laughs> fell to the dark side <laughs> at the age of seven yeah but and what a- got hit with some sith slime from the jedi <laughs> temple uh you know you study themes here in star wars so well and have your whole life joseph the can, can you what a better way to really Teach lessons via game uh, of yeah. the themes and what it is to be a Jedi and live the Jedi way, you know? Yeah, it's, just, it's clearly going to be a show that is going to ask kids to complete challenges to strive to be mm-hmm. the best version of themselves, right? Yeah. That's the idea of of George saying it's for 12-year-olds. Yeah. And I love that this is something that's like, yeah, it's for kids. It's for fun. But here's the basic idea behind the fun and the depth of just look around you and try to do be the best version of you you can yeah. be you know that's awesome final weird silly question about it before we get to a actual weird silly question about it era 
my mind immediately goes yep. old Republic area, but era. But what if you were to say, "Oh no, this is way in the future, and this is new Jedi. Uh, this is part of the uh, Team Ray." Yeah, and, uh, Ahmed Best character grew up, and and now we can see like First Order version three point run around. I don't know. What do you have an era that you'd like this to be in? Yeah, you know, it would be great uh, for me if it were like ambiguously after Return of the Jedi, and this is this is like a you know. I don't know, a rogue Jedi, not a rogue Jedi. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is this somebody who's, who set up his own training camp, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You, yeah. <laughs> this, is, well, this is where you, you get back into weird cannon corners, right? Because yes. it makes most sense to just set it in. The old, old. I want, you know what? I want Old Republic because you get too close to prequels, then <laughs> every child you see competing, like, what's their fate? It's already <laughs> stressful enough in any canon anytime you're introduced yeah. to a Jedi who would be alive during mm-hmm. the era of Order 66 going... Uh, and that's a dark thing to even yeah. halfway put in your mind <laughs> for a fun. <laughs> that's the final round of the game is you got to get through a maze before a clone <laughs> trooper kills you. Oh boy. The final challenges order 66 is terrifying. Yeah. That's awful. I feel guilty, guilty. even saying yeah. it out loud. So yeah, you mm. got to go old Republic or in the, you know, distant future or else yeah. you do some story where like, well, yeah, th- this is just a guy who happened to live on this planet. And like, the High Republic era or whatever they're going to start calling it. I, I don't know. That would be... Uh, and here's the thought, too. Oh, gosh. I, I thought of it. You could even do... This is kind of like remote control on MTV. Oh, you, yeah. You could have uh, uh, Dennis Leary or Adam Sandler show up as characters, but you could have, like, Kit Fisto. Um, oh. If it's too... If it's close to the prequel era, you could have other characters, but you could also say... To speak to you today is uh, Master Zyphodius uh, with a, a clue for today's game. It'd be so great if there was a framing device that this is. these are actually old hollows that Luke oh, has yeah. discovered and uh, cranky teenage Ooh. Ben Solo is watching them ha! to learn. <laughs> Love that. Uh, so it's going to so be fun. Possibilities. Uh, what, uh, what kind of Star Wars game show would you want to compete in, Joseph? Other than this one that's a given, we want to be in oh, yeah. the temple. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to be embarrassed uh, by uh, 12-year-olds doing yeah. much better than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, wanna, I want to be at an in-universe trivia contest at a bar. Like, I want to go to <laughs> Maz's castle and I want to, you know, answer oh, questions about, like, good. you know, if you're attacked by a large beast on this planet, mm-hmm. is it most likely to be a Gundark? That's great. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Star Wars beer trivia. Star yeah. Wars cantina trivia. In, oh. Yeah. In, but in... Yeah, like in, in actual Star Wars. I want Maz to run the trivia. Oh, man. We should not have said that on the show. We should <laughs> get a pitch package together. Pitch it to Disney Plus. Um, so that's look for that soon. Uh, timetable, I believe, later this year, but uh, or 2020, I should say. Because I already think it's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that. Uh, final news story of the day we're going to go into, and it is uh, a pretty juicy interview on io9, uh, conducted by Jermaine Lucier. I know Jay, uh, Jermaine indirectly. Uh, uh, he's a journal, music, uh, movie journalist in, in, in this city, but also just a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. And again, I, I am not super, super close with him, but I, one of the screenings, I want to say it was Solo or, or Last Jedi, one of the last two. He was there, and I think he and I were the only ones that had the big smiles on our faces. <laughs> I, was like, I like that guy. So he's good. He's, he's a veteran of the game, and he sat down with Kathleen Kennedy and Michelle Rejwan, of course, is now uh, in charge of the uh, live uh, action TV side of, Disney, of Lucasfilm. Uh, talking a lot of things. Episode 9, finding the right ending. Uh, talking about Carlo Gervaro and why he's not involved. And the big question, which you're seeing a lot of clip outs and a lot of people running with the story of can Star Wars be planned? 
So I, I'm just going to run through some things, Joseph, and let's do yeah, what absolutely. we do best. We just dive in here. Um, they And also, this is like part one of an interview. They teased at the end, more to come. And I was like, oh, this is, I'm more excited for this than most TV shows I'm watching right <laughs> now. Um, uh, there was pre-planning. All right. So this is the, this is, a, this is, comes up and it's been coming up for a long time. And a lot of people put this narrative out there. There was, quote, no plan, no plan, no plan. One of my favorite responses to that was Pablo Hidalgo when he was on Twitter saying, there was a plan, it was in pencil, as George's was in pencil, and pencil's a good way to plan. Um, I'm adding the stuff on the end. Um, but she <laughs> she said, Kathleen Kennedy and, and Michelle Rejwan jumped in there because she did uh, help produce The Force Awakens. She was back uh, part of the team back then. Uh, that there was pre-planning leading up to Force Awakens. Uh, they knew, Joseph, that uh, Han, Luke, and Leia were going to be there because George had kind of set that up and yeah. kind of reached out and got those people on board. She said about uh, eight writers trying to deconstruct George's films, themes, and meanings, and that was where they kind of started. Yeah. Jump in here. This is. I thought this was really a great answer, but also exciting that because it kind new canon kind of makes it that's what it seems like they did yeah absolutely and i think um i, I like that a lot of interviews mm-hmm. including this one mm-hmm. have been really uh asking hard questions and questions that come up a lot in fan discussion of star wars right and i like that this question was framed as seen as being you know why weren't things cemented and using yeah. the word cemented, cemented right. and i think that and, and kathleen kennedy responds to that directly and I think it gets into uh, cement versus pencil, <laughs> <laughs> that old battle. But I love this idea that, yeah, we sat down before The Force Awakens and we made this massive list of ideas. Mm-hmm. And we said, ooh, it could go there. It could go there. It could go there. Well, let's start building this first chapter and see if mm-hmm. any of those 18 ideas of where it could go which are the ones that rise to the top, which makes sense after we live in the story for a little while. I think that is a a really, really good and healthy way to write. And as Kathleen Kennedy says in the interview, it's part of the history of Star Wars to say this is, there is a sense of play to this. There's a sense of discovery and we all know this history. Yeah. George Lucas on both the original and prequel got in there and went, well, damn, wait, that was really fun. I didn't expect that idea to really sing. I want to spend more time with that. Yeah. He did it in the original trilogy, did it in the prequel trilogy, had to cut a bunch of stuff from Avengers of the Sith because he had too much fun (laughs) playing. Mm -hmm. But then you could also look at the prequel and go, prequels and go like, oh, yeah, but how Anakin fell, Mm -hmm. there was some cement around that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's not cement around, ah, I would like to make sure that Jango Fett's head gets cut off so that can tell another part of my theme about, you know, (laughs) the violence, uh, you know, causing more violence in Boba Fett's back. Like, he left himself room to play and I think it makes a ton of sense that they left themselves room to play. Yeah. And that Kennedy, as a producer, wanted to leave room for the individual directors to find some personal truth so that they were passionate so that these movies feel human human and not produced as she says later in the interview right these are not produced by a committee and i think that strategy is one of the things that makes it feel like not only did ryan johnson pick up on the theme of when do you fight and when do you put your weapon down but he found a way into that story that was clearly personal to him so you can feel that. So personal. She says, so you say, quote, cemented. I don't think anything's ever cemented with Star Wars. It 
can't be. And I really like that. It, I, I agree with that. It, I don't think it, it can be because uh, the example of because Last Jedi was on in our house uh, over the weekend a couple times <laughs> uh, just on. And, you know, Grace and I were sitting down watching the, the very the very end. And that that we've talked about it here. So I don't want to get the, but the Luke and 3PO moment, which was, quote, not scripted. And yeah. how could Ryan not put that? No, that was found on the set, found because Mark Hamill was like, this this makes sense. And. What a beautiful, fun moment. Yeah. And that's why you don't cement. <laughs> you don't lay down the cement mix. Right. And, and, and make a nice sidewalk and say, that is it. And you got to find the big, the big points and the little points are just going to come out in a lot of this. Yeah. Stuff. There are, there are times in storytelling to use your targeting computer and there are times to let go and listen to your intuition. <laughs> yeah. They, they did talk about, uh, the Colin Trevorrow exit, uh, in short, she said, uh, Kathleen said that once the, the first draft was, uh, uh, turned in, it didn't, it wasn't clicking, wasn't feeling right. And she said he is uh, quoted a disadvantage because you know, it wasn't around for that, that being this big planning session. Uh, I don't know if Ryan was, but it just seems maybe Joseph, a uh, nice way to say he wasn't, he wasn't on our same wavelength, maybe. I think so. I think that there is a way to... Uh, and I'm just totally spitballing. I have obviously no idea what was in his actual draft. Right. But you could look at Star Wars from uh, a little bit of a surface level and say, oh, Rey is the hero. Kylo, Kylo is the villain. What fights do they have that work right. this out? And you could even, you know, go different places with the idea. And then if you've got this, like, we, we've we got a real sense internally of what we think the story is about. Right. And, hey, you made a really cool story, but it isn't dealing with any of the core themes. Right. Or, it, or hey, it could be misinterpreted to be saying something really contrary to what the story has been saying the, so far. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it, if what it, you could make a beautiful story where Rey is more powerful than Kylo, and ultimately, she kicks his effing butt Mm -hmm. and it would be fulfilling on some level. But if you tell a story where the light side hero is just physically more powerful and beats up the other person and -hmm. that's the end of the whole story. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm just spitballing of what if then you look at that and go, okay, that's a good story, but that, that doesn't deal with what was at the heart of all of these stories about what is it? How do you, how do you be good? What is the challenge of being a Jedi? What is, you know, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. is redemption about? You know, uh, I'm not going to list them because that's going to be the rest of the main show. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's a perfectly good way to tell a story on the surface. Yeah. That doesn't have the themes underpinning it. Again, going back to what we, we kind of said up top, uh, not just with the movies. And for the most part, this interview is about the movies. But what, what we continue to find in the books most of the comics, uh, <laughs> some of the comics, they're wild and fun. That's not a, you know, it is what it is. But but books and comics and even the video games really do a good job of t- going back to George sitting by himself in, in the 70s and saying, here's what I, here's what I want to tell. Here's the story I want to tell. And I think if, if you look, those answers are there in, 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 in any of these movies. Yeah. Uh, and... I think some viewers and readers stop on the surface and, and I don't, yeah, there's a ton to joy on, on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's fun to sit there. Uh, pew, 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 man. Uh, so yeah, it it was an interesting, you know, she did say, I'm not going to say it didn't work his script because I think Jermaine kind of asked, framed the question that way. Like, Hey, I heard it didn't work. No, just, it didn't work. It just, it was, 
think she said like the it, yeah. where it went didn't feel right. Didn't feel uh yeah 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 I something can... along those lines uh which just mm-hmm. to me it makes a lot of sense like it's not necessarily like it was like this is terrible it's just yeah. that it didn't feel right. Yeah, and she said hey, we had to make a tough decision of whether or not we we could get there in time or not. And said Colin was a disadvantage because he hadn't been immersed in everything we we had all uh, that we all had to uh, start now with episode seven. So uh, yeah, again, yeah, general sense of where the story was going, all those things. Um, so yeah, I, that's a, a quick summary. I'm sure she's yes. not allowed to go into more of that. But <laughs> well, of course, of course. Also in there, uh, this idea of finding the right path to the ending during filming and and this doesn't mean they were just doing crazy makeups on the set and saying what worked but again new script pages coming in or you know, yeah. sequences and trying to find it and the producers being um you know she says uh uh there there was uh, we were free confident there was honest dialogue and kennedy says nobody was being overly polite in, in terms <laughs> of talking with Chris Terrio and JJ all through this process of trying to get to the point uh, that they did get to, where she says, I think there was a point in the shooting where there was an epiphany moment where all of us very clearly said, yes, this feels right. The how, getting there, the details on that, we're right up until the end. So there again, no no cement. (laughs) Or they're walking through the sidewalk that just got cement put down to find what felt right. Yeah. I I, I trust that in these creators. Yeah, and I really liked, uh, say somewhere in the interview too, about like each individual scene as it's being worked and reworked. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like structurally, I think you can feel like in a film, like, okay, well, we know the whole thing works together and now we need this scene between Finn and Poe at this location right. doing this thing, but exactly how they do it and what they say in it is going to determine this mm. statement on their relationship and on this specific theme. And I like that they discussed that. Like we really pushed to, for each little thing to make sure there was a point of view. Yeah. And uh, for me as a writer, that like that's a great place to be in when you're working with other people. You trust that the goal is not to be competitive or a jerk, but everyone's goal is to make the thing you're working on the best it can be. Right. And as a writer to be, have somebody go like, I think this is what you want to say. Mm-hmm. I don't quite hear it yet. Why don't you give it one more pass? Right. Is a beautiful, wonderful place to be in because it's yeah. all about making the final thing as clear as possible. And it's such a tough place to be in too. And he has a creative, as a writer, as a director, like, when you hand something in and someone goes, hey, you didn't think about this. And then you have to admit, I didn't think about that. Yeah. We have to find it. And we have to get over the ego of the process, the ego involved to actually sit down and get this right. And I love that they said that. I love that there seemed to be a moment where it all clicked for everybody. Yes. Gets me really excited. I'm telling you other things she talked about here. She did say, interesting, um, so she, we weren't afraid to say, no, I don't see it. Here's where, I, here's where I have a problem, that kind of thing. But she goes on to say uh, that she was real fortunate of certain people inside Lucasfilm that really, really know Star Wars. Know Star Wars far more deeply than I pretend to. And I think they sat at the feet for George for a long period of time. They fundamentally understand what was always very important to him in terms of defining this mythology and understanding this mythology. It's important to have those voices weigh in as well, and we did that equally with Pablo Hidalgo, Dave Filoni is the name she mentions. There, there might be others, I'm sure. Um, again, and she early on, you're right. She said we didn't. We just, it wasn't a f- committee. We didn't. Yes. You know, we didn't make this film in a think tank box. But why wouldn't you lean on some of those resources, especially if you're trying to like, hey, are we getting this right? 
Right. And she kind of ties the committee comment, I think, to saying this is ultimately the director's movie. Yes. And saying, like, as a producer, she wants to offer all these options. Yeah. So, again, I can see, like, if you want to tell what if you're wrestling with Kylo's redemption story, I can see how you'd go like, hey, Filoni, what do you think is mm-hmm. what do you think is most important about the idea of redemption in Star Wars? Right. And same thing to you and same thing to you. And here are eight different ways to look at just the idea of redemption. Mm-hmm. Therefore, how it could translate and then have Abrams go to me, this story is about family, for example, right. if that's what to him, the that's film is it, um, yeah. uh, like ultimately about as I think this is about family. That's what matters to me. That's what I can breathe life into. So I'm going to go with that angle on the idea of redemption. On, on, like these are the kinds of conversations that I think are being talked about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I choose the pralines and cherries to put on my <laughs> yogurt. Yes. Because mm. that's what feels right. Big picture and personally to Abrams because mm. he's clearly still the person who is ultimately going, this is yeah. your film. It's going to say directed Dread by J.J. Abrams and everybody involved is going to say, we mean yeah. that. Uh, a minor note here is I thought it's interesting. It comes up a lot. J.J. has mentioned a lot uh, and Kathleen mentioned a lot. It's like we didn't really know Chris Crispin Cristerio. Yeah. JJ's kind of like, I don't, I don't really know him. This kind of came about. I just admired him. I admired him and he had some ideas. And uh, I think that's really interesting and a a great thing where it's like, you know, uh, in a lot of ways in life, you, you work with who you, you continue, you know, who you have worked with, who you know you can work with. And, and often it's hard to go outside of the box and find someone different. And then you, you find someone and then suddenly like, wow, this, this really works. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really encouraged by all the things Terrio's saying, all the things I'm hearing. All what we hear he does know, which I've admitted I was completely wrong. I just assume maybe someone like him, busy writing Argo, wouldn't watch Rebels. Um, <laughs> I'm wrong about that. Uh, th- that that little, I don't know, some, him being a little bit of an outsider, I like. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah. There, There is a part of me that has always been, up until recently, like, ah, I wish Lawrence Kazan has, had come back for one more. Because I think mm-hmm. in Force Awakens, there's such a, a breath of the new... But some of those lines feel like uh, that's not how the force works. God, I got to believe that Lawrence Kasdan wrote that, you know? Right, right. But I love the mirroring of the real life to the fictional story of it, the old generation. Lawrence Kasdan mm-hmm. has passed on everything he knows in the new generation. Abrams and Terrio, they will pick up the lightsaber and they will yeah. do do well. By the Star Wars galaxy. This is your fight now. Uh, yeah. Final note in this in this great interview talking about the end of the Sky, Skywalker saga. Um, uh, she definitely says it's uh, only creative, uh, creatively constrictive with regard to the Skywalkers because the saga really refers references the Skywalker family, and that's what we're bringing to a conclusion. Again, uh, we've heard this. We, I think we're all pretty sure Star Wars goes on. It's in their marketing, but it's just good to hear um, and and hear it, and also just to be intrigued by. Again, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And what does the title mean? Like, I, that's one of my f- questions I must have answered. <laughs> yeah. We will. We will. Well, and I think answered. you said there's like either realities with actors and characters that this is their does, story. Yeah. It's time to, to wrap up, which, yeah, yeah it makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Terrio said in another interview that it is definitively an end, mm-hmm. but just speaking for himself, in his mind, there are fresh uh, uh, ideas planted as well. Yeah. Oh, great. Which makes me really excited because I really want this to be about like, yep, mm. we, we fought this battle, but who knows what else is out there? 
Could be more to come. The Adventures of Claude, indeed. So <laughs> this, again, on io9. Check it out if you haven't uh, read it. Uh, and then they, uh, I'll, I'll get the actual tease here. Uh, uh, setting it up, uh, uh, they say, uh, uh, look for more from our chat with Kathleen uh, Kennedy and Michelle Reshman next week where we discuss the decisions to reveal Palpatine and Dark Ray in the marketing Interesting. That's uh, so juicy. Very good. Um, I might skip it until the movie. <laughs> uh, and then releasing The Mandalorian at the same time of The Rise of Skywalker and the difficulty of coming up with that title. I'm looking forward to that. Ooh, really am. Yeah. Uh, of course, the film hits theaters December 20th, depending on where you're uh, seeing it. Some other countries, uh, some people have just been tweeting us. They're getting it a little <laughs> early. And they're happy with that. They're proud of that, as they should be. Yeah, Joseph, that is the news. Uh, juicy things. But, uh, you know, let's get ready for that game show and this movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to do a quick recommendation. Absolutely. As we always do, our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And we are once again recommending Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Rowan horse because uh it is a great primer for rise of skywalker it really gets you in i was gonna say the festive spirit because it's uh holidays but i think it, it's a real good fist pumping story to get you ready for like yeah mm-hmm. the resistance will rise again so i think everyone should check that out it is the all-star game of new canon books comics and games <laughs> come back to play so check it out on us if you want to do that again go to audible uh, doc, audible slash force center audibletrial.com slash force center we are going to get to our our, our big uh, topic our, our 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 look at the plot and themes of the skywalker saga but before we do we're going to reset take a quick break here on force center Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back here on Force and the Big Show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of the fleet floating through the galaxy, racing towards episode nine. God, we're so close, and I've just found myself getting uncontrollably excited, Joseph. Yeah. That we're right here, but not just, again, it's, it's, it's the end of this journey for all of us for five years, for 20 years, for 40 years, and I'm feeling it. Yeah, me too. The, all of the clips, and there are so many, Yes, look so on just the surface level, exciting, fun, cool Star Wars characters doing cool Star Wars stuff, and I have such faith that there's going to be depth and complexity to yeah. what's going on underneath all of the I- adventure as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So, uh... As we've been winding down to the actual movie coming out on our journey to Rise of Skywalker, we've been wanting to look at it a lot of different ways. We're uh, kind of trying to decide how much to look at plot versus themes. Mm -hmm. You and I are both going to work on, for next week, Mm -hmm. our opening crawl of what, if you're going to try to do an opening (laughs) crawl for all eight films leading up to Rise of Skywalker, what that might be. Yeah. I've worked on mine a little bit, and it it already needs some editing. (laughs) This is just the way of things. You need John Milius to come in and help you there? Okay. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, cut okay. it down. Cut right, it down. Right. Uh, but who knows? Maybe we'll just let it be a little mm-hmm. bit long. But we're going to do that next week. Uh, next week, we're also going to have our final predictions, desires, wishes. So that'll be our final episode before the film releases, looking a little bit more at plot stuff. Mm-hmm. So this week, we can really just dive into themes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about uh, themes a lot, but I really want to look at what are the stakes of the Skywalker saga. So when you're in those meetings for this movie and you're saying, what idea is at stake? Mm -hmm. If Kylo Ren won, what would that mean? If Kylo Ren dies, what does that mean? Mm. If he says, whoops, I'm sorry, but I know everything I've done is my life is wrong. I'm going to go live on Octo alone for the rest of my life. All those things, those actions mean something to the ideas that Lucas and other creators have been building mm. for 42 years. So I want to dive into these. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. Some of them we've talked about a lot. Okay. So I think I'm most interested in hearing, Ken, mm. which ones speak to you mm. and which ones you think are really important to resolve or reappear in episode nine. I like that. So diving in. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the first is... Uh, just the idea of the generational, mm-hmm. of new and old, the past and the future. It's been embedded in Star Wars uh, for a long time since Luke wanted to be a Jedi like right. his father. I think it's really obviously to me 
strongly the idea of why the why of the sequel trilogy is these two dual protagonists as uh yeah. has described him yeah ray and uh, kylo Tom. slash ben trying to figure out who they should be right one consumed by having too much to live up to the other not knowing <laughs> yeah, not- who, who she is or where she's from but they're both mm-hmm. haunted by the past while being the new all that kind of stuff what mm-hmm. What does that one mean to you, and what are you hoping for? Uh, I, I hope that uh, I hope that we finally that the future gets out from under the past, yeah, uh, in a uh, uh, in a way that uh, is satisfying and, and leads towards the the ending, and that the that that the truly the end of the Skywalker saga is it might have some you know hey everyone can use the Force and everything, but just like. If there's even if there's a healing redemption for Ben, just like it is, it is we are all ourselves now, and we have a history that we've learned from, we have a legacy that we've learned from, but we are truly the new, and we will soon become the old. But we're going to learn that we're going to be the new at the end of this. I want to have that feeling, you know what I mean, of of a new chapter, the uh, feeling uh, that the past has been like fully wrestled with, wrestled with whatever it, needs to be rejected has been rejected, whatever needs to be yeah. internalized has been internalized, and there's you're standing on on the dunes yeah looking only at the future we yes and we we got answers like they've got answers they've made their choices kylo kylo has made some pretty strong choices (laughs) if he's going to come back he either comes back or he doesn't uh and that's how i like that where you know looking back at the old it ties in a little bit to you know this i don't know if it's going to happen but just if anakin force ghost anakin shows back up and be like hey here's what i did wrong man and you're praising me yeah. you have you have a you have a statue or, or a shrine to my helmet like yeah that's not who i am man that's not who i was this is yeah. mistakes learn from it go on make that choice right be new and you wouldn't be here yeah and none of this would be here if i hadn't realized the error of my ways right yeah i think there's a lot in that of them uh, uh this comes up in a lot of the media that we all like uh and talk about a lot it was the phrase was so literal in game of thrones but the uh, breaking the wheel, breaking the cycle. Yeah, yeah. These three trilogies have been the unifying thing is each one is a war. Right. Um, obviously, the war happens at different times in the yeah, yeah. different trilogies. But that I so collected these ideas of the past of like we've learned from our mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been tormented by our yeah. mentors. Uh, but we've also learned that it is okay to make mistakes. You can't be perfect. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want mm-hmm. this to end with our heroes having a sense of this is what we can expect of ourselves to take the best step forward going forward. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Moving on. Uh, adventure, excitement, fast paced cliffhanger, serial genre mashup, all the stuff that, that star Wars is really attractive for of just, it is fun. There is a sense of adventure. There's a part of George Lucas who is just like, I want to see more of those adventure serials. I'll make one. Oh yeah. And it will be deep too. It'll be deep. Yeah. But do you think all that specific kind of cliffhanger action, the fun of Han Solo zipping around the Millennium Falcon, is that storytelling device? Or to you, is that sense of adventure and excitement a part of the the meaning of the Skywalker saga? Uh, it is part of the meaning. Inter- you know, adventure, excitement, Jedi craves not these things we know. So, uh but a lot of the adventure is about the choice to be better, right? Let's pull yeah. in all these big themes. Let's do our own all-star theme game. But so I think it is important. I think because we're supposed to, like any writing, supposed to learn things about 
uh, about our characters in every action sequence in general, right? If you're doing it right. So I think every obstacle, every adventure that gets in the way of, of their quest is absolutely in it. Now, some of it comes off as, you know, the, the Kessel Run's great. It might, some people don't like it, the big monster and everything, and it might just be that. Yeah. But it shows a lot about Han, what is Han doing it, that the, the chances he takes. That's what we learn about the character. So, so yes, action adventure, we need it. It needs to be fun. But it's like a lightsaber fight. I, I just I have to I have to feel the emotional weight of the fight, or right. else I disconnect. Yeah, you know, and I think all of them are generally pretty good. Even the Phantom Menace, flipping all the flipping and fancy choreographed stuff. Like, there's still a lot there. Yeah, I don't want to ever sound like I'm, I'm looking at the prequel fights as bad. I just I love Empire. I love Jedi. I love Obi Wan and Maul in the desert. Like yeah. Those are my lightsaber fights. So that's you need them. They're part of Star Wars. But what are you going to teach me from that? Is what I want. Right. Same with the adventure. I think that's all already great stuff. The, the thing that you made me think of is just the idea of not only who characters learning who they are by being in the crucible of acting, right? right. Of how what do they choose to do and how they choose to handle mm-hmm. themselves, um, but also just I feel like Star Wars has a lot to say about that being stagnant isn't great. Yeah. That, hey, maybe every once in a while you, you choose not to fight, but, you know, it goes back, I think, to why Luke staring at the twin sons is so powerful of that feeling mm-hmm. of, I want to be out there, I want to be involved. Yeah. And I think that sense of momentum, that sense of action is a sense of, you know, even the title being The Force Awakens, which yeah. is like, wake up and get wake involved. Up. Yeah. Don't just, you know, mm-hmm. sit around waiting for the world to come to you. Yeah. You, you got to go out there. And it will be scary, yeah. But you will make it through somehow. I think that, in some ways, to me, is like the meaning of of all of the action scenes. Yes, cool. Yes. Um, is there anything that you're hoping for beyond? Like, there's stuff that's just thrilling because it's just cool, right? Thrilling, yeah. Um, but then there are action scenes where, like, oh wow, I was deeply moved. Like, I, I think Kylo and, and Ray's fight is mm-hmm. great to be layered with. Mm-hmm. Her, you know, Finn's heroism, uh, Kylo's being deeply unbalanced, Ray's answering mm-hmm. the hero's call and pulling the lightsaber to herself, yeah. like stuff that's really well layered. Are you expecting or hoping for a specific kind of action scene like that where the meaning is so layered into it? I am. I, I'm expecting to I'm expecting it to happen several times within that battle we're being teased. Yeah. I hesitate to say final battle because we don't know that. Now it's being set up to look like, hey, all pieces are on the board here. Yeah. But that every character or possibly every character's arc or journey comes to what they do in that battle. And I'm looking specifically a little bit more at at, um, at Kylo and Ben, if there's a redemption. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but if we got a big space battle and we got Poe back in a ship where we know that he's made some choices that yeah. some people aren't sure about that he and he's making decisions on the fly in the moment that's yeah there there's a possibility of that mm. cool mm. uh speaking of not being stagnant uh i want to talk about the theme of the need to act versus pacifism like right. for me this goes real deep to the uh, i think fascinating contrast of what lucas was interested in when he created this of Mm -hmm. hey it was real fun for me as a kid to watch those adventure serials where just cool heroes would go to weird planets and fight weird things i'd like to see that oh also make it a hero's journey oh as i examine the hero's journey and create my jedi really their ultimate goal is just keep peace so now i've created something called star wars wars that's in one of its principal values yeah (laughs) it's pacifism uh 
this has got that great mm. tension, the story of when to pick up your blade and when to throw it aside. Uh, and also I think that extends not just to Jedi, but really like the Han Solo story of, yeah. in the Finn story of when to join and when to just when walk to away cool, yeah. and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that theme might play out in episode nine or, or, or even more, how do you want it to? I want it to really, because look, you got the resistance resistant, right? This is now it's the time to fight. They've get there to that point. Good people will follow if we lead them. Yeah, right. So you definitely, I don't think there's going to be a point where Leia's like, put everything on stun. Um, <laughs> so that's why I look at Ray. I look at the journey and I don't, don't, don't need it to parallel or completely rhyme with Luke's journey in, in return of the Jedi. But She's up against the evil of, of evils, right? And how do you defeat that? And will this version, whatever it may be, of Palpatine um, be easy to defeat in a way that he'd been defeated before? Or like if she throws down his, her, her lightsaber, is he going to immediately turn to Kyla and go, don't you think about it? Um, <laughs> yeah, this final battle will be <laughs> far away from shafts, I think. Yeah, but this the voiceover of Luke saying, this is your fight now, and... and it could be he could be saying that to anybody. He could be saying it to R two. Yeah, he'd be saying it to Palpatine. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but the 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 thought is it's Ray, right? And and mm-hmm. the shots are so. I want it to all come down to her. She's been fighting. She's been alone. She's been grumpy. And some of the material leading into Rise of Skywalker because she doesn't doesn't quite know what to do with this power still yet or what he uh, to, to see it all come to her and to learn the full. Meaning of, you know, especially going, especially going back to carrying the blade to Luke, Luke tossing the blade away, her getting, picking it up and being, all right, let's fight, let's fight. Let's, and, you know, and, he, and he's trying to teach her these lessons of when to use the force or, you know, ownership of the force. All these big things. Yeah. If the final one is, you know, let's go save the day, but I got to find a different way to do it that, that's in t- tune with what I might be, a Jedi. Like, that's where the battle will be for me. Yeah. That's where this will come out. This theme will emerge. Yeah. Ray. I think there is a lot in a various Star Wars storytelling that does this, but I'm really hoping for that moment of clarity of you, you the evil, whether it is mm-hmm. Kylo or most likely all Palpatine is the ultimate moment of this theme. Yeah. I think the sort of truth of you need to be stopped, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing this out of hate. I'm doing this out of necessity because you have given me no other choice. I think we right. see those moments with Obi-Wan, Kenobi, you know, going back to, you know, the first time we see him take his lightsaber out and say, come, let me buy you a drink. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great, yep. uh, the, the most recent season of doctor who mm. the, the, in general, the doctor uh, wrestles with some of these kind of issues too, where the like pacifism is always preferred. Yeah. There's a moment where a, a enemy, an old enemy is, uh, tormenting her and she turns to her new companions and, and just says, you you all see that I have absolutely no choice, yes. right? And they all like validate her, and it's a great yeah. moment. And I would love it if if the if episode nine was able to kind of work into that idea to really make it explicit. Like, yeah, I'm not doing this to perpetuate violence. I'm not doing this out of selfishness. I'm doing this because there are times that you need to stand up where Palpatine is pure evil, and there's no meeting mm-hmm. pure evil in the middle. Yeah he will take and he will consume and he will kill and he will control. And this is the purpose of Jedi defense. Right. And I, I I feel like that it would be really uh, amazing if somehow the final battle could sort of mirror, uh, sort of uh, find an emotional way that ties Ray's journey into making that point that I think Star Wars comes down to a lot of 
why you know mm-hmm. Luke raised his blade to Kylo even for a second. Yeah, because I, I'm we're the defenders. We prevent yeah. horrible evil. Yeah, and I would love that uh, to, to come across. Uh, yeah, again, I think it's all it all comes down to her, man. Yeah, yeah, it, a lot of these things do yeah, start to, but it really does. But we'll but we'll get some of these things too. If, yeah, if Finn and Poe are both wrestling with their past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is that going to be a possibility of like? Th- mm. I think they're all in, but you know, there's there might uh, reinforce some of these themes if there's a temptation to walk away, and they're walk like, away. no, no, absolutely, the galaxy needs us, kind of thing. In uh, speaking of which, move on to destiny versus free will. There's so yeah. much in Star Wars where various people lecturing one another about what their destiny is. Yeah. There's a lot that you could take some of the things that are said of just like the Jedi encounter a problem. They're like, well, we'll meditate and the force will tell us what to do. Yeah. Not our problem. Not a problem. <laughs> force will decide if we, the midi clients will whisper to us and, and we'll do that. So there's a lot in star Wars that mm. does start to feel like, Oh, it's just, it's, it's destiny. Just write it out. Right. Yeah. But there's also so much that is free will, right? Mm. Han mm. decides to come back and help with, uh, the death star, the right. force guides Anakin and Luke to certain moments of decision. But they make their decisions. So those are really moments of of free will. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the end of the story uh, that we're getting to the Skywalker saga, how, how, how are you taking how much has happened is destiny versus free will? Well, we've been talking a lot about how you, you just mentioned it, but we, we've had these discussions of destiny is, is the journey to that choice. Right. Yeah. Like, so to have that again. And uh, I, I sense and feel and maybe even want like the doubt to still be there. And I love that comment that 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 was the first full trailer, right? Um, Finn be like, no, the force, the force brought us together, right? And if I, I keep interpreting that as him, as it's a rah 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 moment of Ray down and out because he's always been there for Ray, right? Yeah, you know, tries to be, and that. Um, she's overwhelmed by the destiny, overwhelmed by the journey. And he's kind of reminding like, no, the, the, the force brought us to this point. So don't back off now or don't, don't go left. We need to go this way. We need to go forward. Right. Uh, and, and really feeling that the, the, the destiny isn't the victory. Cause that's not guaranteed. The destiny is us coming together. Now let's decide to stick around. Cause Han, maybe he says, Han ran back, you know, <laughs> maybe that'd be great. Um, I'd love some references, references to Han. Uh, that's where I want it to play out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that idea that, that destiny leads you to moments of choice, to mm-hmm. moments of mm-hmm. free will in that, you know, in cloud city, when Vader is saying to Luke, you know, it is your destiny, mm. um, that Vader might have his point of view that falling to the dark side is Luke's destiny yeah. or joining him is his destiny. But, you know, we, the audience can interpret it as Luke, you can't get around having to deal with the truth that your father was both the good yeah. man, Anakin and the monster Darth Vader. Yeah. You are going to have to deal with that in some way. Yeah. And so destiny is leading you to that choice. Yeah. I think that's a great call about what's in the trailers. I think we're actually going to see a lot of this particular theme. You can really see how it would uh, yeah. apply to Ben. Oh, definitely. You know, speaking of choices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if there is anything involved in, in the emperor's return, that is like these two in the light and the dark side in combat is what he needs to come mm. back. You know, right. and he himself is just a symbol of evil's going to come back. He is yeah. a particular and powerful manifestation of it. Right. But it will and always be there. It's going to always be there. And it's, 
going to be some people's destiny to to face it or all people's or, destiny or, yeah. to face it rather yeah. uh cool the path to the dark side this is mm. you know was certainly there certainly discussed in the original trilogy but really put uh mm. on the big screen in the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. that the path is fear anger hate suffering mm-hmm. so do you think that we're going to see that specific cycle address that specific cycle broken. I think we are. Um, again, so my mind, I could be wrong. Uh, I look at Ray and we obviously got dark side Ray in the marketing. We saw that, uh, fear uh, force awakens. She's got a lot of fear. She doesn't know who, where she is. She doesn't know. She fears she can't go forward. She fears she, she can't leave. She fears she can't go back, you know, whatever. Uh, Last Jedi, she's got a lot of anger at some point. She's angry at Luke, angry, confused. Um, We see now she's like, I feel alone. Does she hate feeling alone? Is she one step away? Yeah. And uh, on this little journey and all this leading to suffering, is there something to be taken from that? The idea, again, that now it's just predictions of his his dark side ray of vision. What, what, What did we see in that trailer? Is she staring down Palpatine or Matt Smith in a Doctor Who outfit? I don't know. Uh, but all that leading to, I want I want her to feel one last temptation, if that yeah. makes sense, to, to break what you just are describing here, what you were describing here, the path, yeah. the path that we're all familiar with. Yeah. Now, Luke broke it, too, but... I'm okay with some poetry and rhyme in there. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, because I think that's part of it is, like, these things have happened before and they will happen again. And I guess she's already learned the lesson that, like, Luke broke it, but almost went back, you know, like, had some issues. It, it's not the victory. It's not It's not the yeah. final victory. Yeah, it's, like you, it's yeah. not you throw your blade down once and break the cycle once, yeah. and you're good. Yeah. It, it's always a, a presence. Uh, Kylo, arguably, has already gone through this entire cycle we've seen the anger and the hate and the suffering and and we know a little bit about the fear that he will never measure up and Mm -hmm, the fear that mm -hmm. he can't find his identity and and proclaim it to the galaxy and be seen for who who he wants to be all those kind of things um what do you want to see from kylo on this path do you want him do you want him to learn from his grandfather that even though i've done all these things the next choice matters even if I've made a thousand terrible choices, my next one can still be a better one. I, I think that right there is, and we talked a lot about ben, the idea of ben, Dem, ben Demption, is, is what it's all about. I, I've talked about not getting hung up on the, the resume of evil of these two characters. Yeah. And that, that being the point of, of Vader's turn and what you just said. And so, yes, I think it's important for Kylo to understand that again. There's part of me that still wants him to go, yes, no, I understand. I'm still choosing this path. There's part of me that wants that. Commit, yeah. him, commit him to the dark side forever. Uh, but again, I just don't think Star Wars is necessarily about that. So, um, yeah, but You made me just think of a thing I'd never thought of. What's that? Is a possibility of if Kylo cares for Rey, which does seem like he, he, mm-hmm. he does, if there could be a climactic moment of, I'm never going to turn from the path. I, I'm monsters mm. who I want to be, but I will help you kill Palpatine, <laughs> you know? And if, if he is yeah. somehow committed to, if he, it would be fascinating a uh, line to thread to say, I am not going to renounce who I've become. I'm good, but I'm going to make the right choice. Almost as if like, if Vader threw the emperor down the shaft and just said, mm-hmm. and lived and said, 
I did it to save you, Luke, but I'm still Vader. Bye. Yes, I like that idea. Uh, sacrifice, self-sacrifice, or some kind of sacrifice on part of Kylo just makes some sort of sense, So, yeah. but I don't want to lock it into that. We don't want to cement it. Um, <laughs> Let's pencil it. But, yeah, there's something intriguing in what you're saying there. I'm trying to draw, I'm trying to think where even I, my mind goes, you know, all the things I love, Game of Thrones, Lord of Rings, wrestling. Um <laughs> A little bit. I, I, the Hound, his goal is to beat his brother, but he knows he's committed too many sins to go back, and he's going to die in this fight. And he, but it's still good, you know. I, I don't know if Kylo has that. I don't know where. Where do you think he could go from? The, play it out here. Like if he does this, like I'm going to help you, Ray, because I do kind of love and care for you, but I ain't coming back from the mask still on or the cape still on. Yeah. Kills Palpatine, and then do they have a handshake moment? And he goes off to terrorize the galaxy again. Right. You know, I mean, that's like, the thing is, like he he yeah. he can't because I think he that can't. that yeah. that is too far against things that Lucas himself has explicitly yeah. said in interviews of the the dark side. When you know you have Force users actively using it, hmm. it must be stopped. Yeah, it will corrupt the entire galaxy. Yeah, so it's not just like I know some people like to look at it more of it's a balanced thing of if there are 500 Jedi and 500 Sith, we're yeah. good. I don't think that's the way that Lucas looked at it, so I don't right. think that's the way these filmmakers are going to take it. So no, no. yeah, so Kylo needs to be stopped or stop himself mm-hmm. in some way. I'm just I'm just th- really intrigued if there if this specific path this idea of this mm. is how the dark side functions that he realizes in order for me to stop mm. i need to address the fear in myself oh, and let okay, go yeah. of my fear mm. i yeah i was not able to articulate that until our, our good conversation here and that's what we but did I, I think that's that's part of what i'm interested in to see if like mm. all everything that's been built about the path to the dark side if right. kyle can have some recognition of that whether it be Hearing from Anakin, from Anakin experiencing yeah. something from Ray, hearing something from Palpatine that clicks into him going, you know what? My dad was right. I've let myself be a pawn yeah. of these effing monsters who just want to use me for my power. Mm-hmm. And the strongest thing to do would be to say, my power is mine mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not going to bend to your will anymore. I'm going to let go of that fear that I'm not good enough. Yeah. And make my own decision, truly make my own decision. Well, you just made me think of this as this idea that Palpatine's back and it's it's an easy um, it's an easy leap to make of like Kylo and now Ben team up with and has to team up with Ray to defeat Palpatine right that, yeah. that that just makes some sense whether or not they do that or not I don't know yeah it might whether be that one thing that we're all dead wrong about yeah, yeah. It could be yeah yeah but to me it's always been like great great but what would make Kylo do that right and what uh, what you're talking about it makes some sense if that's layered in if it's something that Palpatine's doing or saying clicks not on a me kill bad man but like Oh, this is what I've been doing, or this is what yeah, I've been coming. Yeah, I've been. You're oh, uh, yeah. you're just like Snoke, and you're yeah. trying to make me your tool the same way Snoke did. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move along to you know that little theme about the balance of the Force. Yeah. Um. So obviously, it was introduced as the Anakin's prophecy. There's been a video circulating lately. I know mm-hmm. uh, we all like to de- discuss it and debate it, and I think that's the way art should be. You should take your own meaning from it. But video circulating of Lucas being crystal clear mm-hmm. on what he thought the story was right. is that the prophecy was true. Anakin would destroy, would bring balance by destroying the Sith, which he does eventually mm. when he saves Luke. Becomes mm-hmm. Anakin again, destroying Vader, destroying Palpatine. Yeah. Um, 
and but there the, was balance. And there, and for a long time, and Luke says for a long time, there was balance. Mm-hmm. The Force has opinions. Yeah. Abrams has been quoted as saying that that title, The Force Awakens, is significant. Yeah. It means something. Mm-hmm. So do you want, like, the balance of the Force, the prophecy, to actually come into play? And, and what, more importantly, like, what is the statement on the balance of the Force? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, because I, I, I feel, I feel as though I, un, I understand the balance of the force less and less as my fandom goes on, and that's actually kind of exciting to me. Uh, the Lucas thing you just described is how I've always understood it. Uh, the Freddie Prince Jr. video introduces some apparently Lucas fueled stuff about numbers and everything about the twins being a response to Palpatine and Vader. Absolutely makes sense. You play it out a little bit more than I start. I do have some questions of it, but I, def, I definitely yeah. understand it to a point. But I, but then, so then Lord Santeca saying, we, we, without the Jedi, there can be no balance. Yeah. Okay. Because they're the protectors they're of the balance? protectors, or is it a numbers game now? Um, <laughs> and then to have Luke be like, light side, dark side, light, death. You feel it? Great. Cool. We have nothing to do with that. Quit messing about with it. We, we we try to own that. They try to own that. We try to own that. It, no, can't do that. I, I, I rode around some large birds and went fishing and rode the tide with some <laughs> people on another planet, and that's not what you do. So I sometimes, quite frankly, get wonderfully confused about it, but I'd like this movie to address it yeah. in some way, especially at the end, especially if there's some sort of a rise of Skywalker or Skywalkers, yeah. or that's the new laundry for Jedi that they wear. I don't know, but I do think I need something. Yeah, and does the Force want this power to awaken in Ray and this power to awaken mm-hmm. in Kylo so that they can come to this head. Right. So that can move them to this point of like, we're, we're on this kind of endless cycle of violence. These powerful skywalkers always in the center of it in the forces being like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, address this. Deal with this. <laughs> yeah. And there's a part of me that feels like a really interesting answer would be, in order for the the force to be balanced, Palpatine cannot be yeah. allowed to corrupt and pervert everything. Yeah, yeah. If Kylo is redeemed, if he uh, and by redeemed, it just means stops killing people. Yeah. If he renounces the dark side. Yeah. And the threat is gone. It, it's very interesting for me to have Ray say, "The Jedi are not needed right now," mm-hmm. and uh, and go to Luke's vision of. The galaxy is naturally imbalanced. Imbalanced. It's mm-hmm. when we get into conflict with one another that all of this happens. Mm-hmm. And have have a an idea of the Jedi are not needed now. Yeah. But from everything we've learned, these threats will return. And mm-hmm. when they do, when the dark side rises, the light has to be there to meet it and to stop it. But for yeah. right now, for the for an unknown amount of time. I'm going to put my blade down until it's needed again. So interesting. I'm I'm I'm, I'm wrong here, but like, <laughs> so there is balance, right? And Luke, Luke is part of that, and, and there's balance, and so Luke's like, cool. I, I'm still a Jedi. I'm going to start training more Jedi. And then the Force is like, oh man, well, you, don't do that. So now we're going to give you some evil or some evil in the galaxy still, and you got to deal with that. That puts things out of whack. And then the Force is awake. Um, in, did the force do that or is Snoke just Snoke did do that always yeah. there and always planning this yeah that's his personal choice and so because I, I choose to believe that it was actual balance I always say character dialogue is not fact everyone in Lucasfilm will tell you that right um <laughs> so Luke says it Laura Santeca says we need Jedi to bring balance 
Um, and then does this all end with, you know, with Palpatine? And then at, at, at the end, that what you said, this idea we always, we always keep hearing these predictions of the rise of Skywalker means a new kind of Jedi, or anything, but but the fact that Luke's saying it's time for the Jedi to die, and Ray's kind of like. And that actually is true from a certain point of view and, and goes back to kind of what you said. Is that part of the journey of the balance? And, yeah. and something else may come back up. I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing and I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, um, it's probably why I like the Rebellion versus the Empire a lot more. A lot more simple. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that, that all kind of there's, there's a little little strain of understanding I have just hearing what you just said. Yeah, uh, that she has to put down the blade of the Jedi or no more until we're needed. Until we're needed, or it is just a real triumphant back to 1977. It's good mm-hmm. versus evil, and and this is going to be a thunderous, you know, yeah. victory for good. Yeah, and they took some missteps, but the Jedi are a force of good. We are there to to protect people. We'll fly around the galaxy, and if you live on a volcano, it's erupting. We'll go hold the rocks back. Will you go to safety? It's not just always about fighting. It's about keeping the peace. And if there's a way mm-hmm. for mm. all of our heroes to go, that's that's what we need to always be in the fight. But the fight is just keeping the, the peace. So you, okay, so now you just made me think about something I've never thought about that because because of uh, the idea of this Jedi and Sith being gone or the rise of Skywalker being we don't call them Jedi anymore we call them Skywalkers and the idea of yeah the prequels showed that that institution was uh, built on quicksand at times or fallible made some mistakes yeah. right but go back to seventy seven we all grow up with oh the Jedi the, that's good you want you want Jedi around you guardians should want, of peace and justice it, for a thousand generations yeah pretty good yeah. concept and <laughs> when when they went away things went things were bad real bad so to have it return to that point where it's a little bit more in a pure form yeah a little less of a or you know like a, a movement I you know, I was raised in the church I'm a Christian guy raised in church but I don't attend church anymore because I have issues with or you know might have issues with organized religion like but yeah is there something like so it's big that's big theme stuff but like is Ray have that at the end like right. the Jedi are back we're just not gonna build a building uh no no librarians no payroll system you right. know, it's just like it's a thing it's a concept but the jedi are good and if, and if you have force powers you can use it you can learn it you could get your kyber crystal yeah and that's what we do but we're not gonna necessarily have a rank i don't know i'm spitballing yeah, yeah. I, what you just said maybe a really warm feeling in my heart because the jedi do take including from people like me they take a lot of crap yeah and we have this almost cynical view of them now, which is a very fun, realistic view of them. I yeah. love that the prequel says that. But if we can get back to something more pure at the end of all this, that's yeah. not actually just Skywalker saga. I get that. Yeah. But uh, if it's all tied into it, yeah. I'm, I'm really no, off the trail I mean, here. Ab- now. No, no, no. Abrams has talked about, you know, uh, hope, you know, and I think yeah. that's a good way to end on on hope, which we'll get to talk a little I, bit I, about I, hope. I, I, just, no, go for I, it. I just would hate if there is any second of it you can you can infer as going forward we're getting rid of the jedi because the jedi weren't good because it'd be like no 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 they were good they were good yeah i i think it's got to get back to this idea that that to me goes to that need to act versus pacifism of like yeah there are times that you have to fight there are times that you must Mm -hmm. fight you can't be stagnant Mm -hmm. to do right but what matters so much is how you fight yeah you know when you when you choose that violence is a solution and when isn't it 
you know, and if it could get to back to the point where like, I trust that we will find the the wisdom yeah. to do that. And when mm. we, we can be Jedi, we can be Skywalkers, yeah. but we can be a force for good. Mm. Mm. I think, I, I, yeah. I think that it's going to get to that point. I don't, I don't yeah. We'll yeah. See. I, I, look, I love that you and I have, are, don't have all a direct prediction and direct. I mean, that's part of the fun of discussion. I, and I like having my thoughts changed on some path I'm heading down, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. The, and that's what's fun is that there. Uh, this list is long. And I think these are all things yeah. that are deeply embedded in these eight movies. And, and I think yeah. up, up to a point, Rogue One and Solo as well. But but really oh, yeah, yeah. pertaining to the, the Skywalkers. But yeah, Sorry, I'm off tangent, man, today. I had a conversation with uh, uh, someone at the live event or something. I was like, yeah, I actually consider Rogue One and Solo Skywalker saga movies, too, because <laughs> it all factors into the state of the galaxy that they have to deal with. So. It does. It's a yeah. little bit of a difficult yeah. distinction because yes. they certainly uh, things that touch greatly on the yeah. Skywalker saga, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we can do that episode after Rise yes. of Skywalker. Are they part of the saga of Skywalker? Let's talk about attachments. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in the prequels. Uh, it's one of the most elegant bits of rhyming, I think, uh, in mm-hmm. all of Star Wars that uh, the Jedi are concerned about them for understandable reasons. Uh, the Jedi are exactly correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anakin has a selfish love for attachments and can't let it go, and it leads him to helping to bring terrible horror to the galaxy. Yeah, uh, they're still kind. Yoda and Obi Wan are still kind of on that bandwagon yeah. up to a point in the original trilogy, but it is Luke and his friends' constant uh, helping of one another. That ultimately brings them victory. The, yeah. Pal, you know, Palpatine is wrong. His faith in his friends is not Luke's weakness. It's mm. a strength. His ability to reach his father is a strength. So those two trilogies have some have some pros and cons mm-hmm. <laughs> about the idea of attachments. Yeah. Do you want the word to be used? Do you want that idea uh, to be really specifically highlighted, uh, the idea for sure. The word maybe you know done wrong could be clunky. Yeah, right. But uh, McClunky. But I <laughs> like the concept, especially attachment, because I would definitely say Kylo's attached to Ray in his heart in some way. Yeah. Um, even though she shut that door, uh, a great moment. Just watched it last night. Um, I, I think Ray. That's probably still bubbling on the surface. I think she made a smart decision there. But then we, you know, the dialogue, we'll see where the dialogue falls into place. Again, she could be talk- everyone could be talking hard to, um, <laughs> even though he seems to answer. I do. I know who you are. He could be saying that to R2. Could be saying that to R2. Um, there's attachment between them two. And I, I don't always just mean to bring it, bring it back to them. You talked about past. You talk about uh, is Poe attached to maybe something in his past or idea? Is Finn attached to, you know, the idea of we're going to learn a little bit more about Finn's origins, probably literally, but hopefully figuratively as well and emotionally as well. What is he attached to and does he need to break it? I, I definitely feel it needs to be there because it's so, it's so big. Yeah. It's so whatever, you, one of the big themes that George was putting out there. Yeah. Uh, that's where it ends. Vader's attachment get, goes wrong and then Vader's attachment is what you know his ability to detach, I guess, from even himself. <laughs> yeah, his own life is what saves everything. Yeah, but there is something in that great line about uh, from Palpatine in the various trailers about you know your coming together will mm-hmm. be your undoing. In that, yeah. from Palpatine's 
you know, actually, the more I think about it, maybe it really is going to be at the heart of it because it's the main trailer, yeah. right? Where Finn is making the argument and Poe is making the argument in all of the, hey, the force has been leading us here. If we lead them, good people will follow us. Follow. All of the good guys are talking about let's come together mm-hmm. and, and form a bond and, and be, you know, more than the sum of our parts. Right. And Palpatine is laughing, mocking, going, you, as soon as you care about someone, I have my way in yeah. to control you. Take it apart, yeah. And so maybe it really will be that idea, you know, that Ray, all of them, but Ray and Kylo in particular, that somehow their literal clash opens up some opportunity for Palpatine. And in some ways kind of revisit these ideas of, yeah, attachments can be a weakness if you let them be, but they can also be a strength. And it could be central to how Ray and Kylo resolve the conflict that they are able to rely on one another in some way. Yeah. Even or, or somehow my mind goes to like, does, does Kylo, is he going to sacrifice himself? So Ray says, no, I don't want you to do that. I'm going to go, you know, she goes dark for a bit or something, you know, like, now I'm getting real literal with Dark Ray, yeah. which I still don't think is the way it's going, and and she has to learn to let him go. Like it is, it's, it's, yeah, it's it, it's it has to be powerful. It has to be so powerful in yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah. the the Dark Ray thing could be a a you know a vision where her life is at stake. Yeah, like it could it, that could be a literalization of like Palpatine invading her mind. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so it could be more than just like oh here's here's a thing I see because I I touched the vision stone and yeah. here, here's a way I could go but maybe it could be something with higher mm-hmm. stakes uh you're you're kind of touched on this so let's go right into this this idea of selfless love versus selfish love mm-hmm. I think it's another thing that Lucas really uh cemented <laughs> yeah <laughs> once he finished working on the yeah. trilogy it took it took some took penciling two. in first but Anakin needs Padme it's mm-hmm. selfish he can't imagine living without her right so he saves Palpatine from uh from Mace Windu versus he sacrifices himself to mm-hmm. save Luke. Right. One of his huge choices is selfish. The other is selfless. Right. Does that resonate with you? Do you just, do you like that theme it's, just for yourself as a person? It's one I think I'm always struggling with, right? I uh, just, 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 uh, it's, to love somebody does not mean to possess somebody. To to uh, love somebody also means you must give up of yourself on yeah. a daily basis. And and I think it's something I struggle with, especially because me being a very solitary person, I I might in that situation been like, cool, yeah, my boss is going to kill you, and I'm going to move on with life and try to solve this myself, you know, because <laughs> I like spending time alone. I don't know. No, it it does resonate. Um, it's to me the most beautiful lesson in star Wars yeah. is Vader's sacrifice, uh, and Luke's essential sacrifice. Let's not, I think he's throwing down that lightsaber to die. Um, because he would choose that over, over turning to the dark side. Yep. 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 Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be there. Yeah. Trying to figure out who. Yeah, it will definitely be there, and I think this is one that will definitely play out over yeah. over all the characters. Of, you know, yeah, yeah, you you the the horror of war is that you might lose someone, and how do you handle it? Three PO might be the one. Three you know. PO might be the like, yeah, d- love you all. I'm going. You know. Yeah, and then do you do does somebody lash out in vengeance? Does, yeah. does R two almost fall to the dark side yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he loses three? Dark two is what and we need. Dark two, that's what we need. Uh, all right, uh, orphans and found family. This one, I think, might be. 
big, yeah. really, really huge in, in episode nine. Um, there, there's a tension, I think, in the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. It's now literally being called the Skywalker saga. Mm. There's a tension between the hereditary power of this one family right. versus is the, the history in Star Wars of, of, of literal orphans mm-hmm. into finding your family. Like, is this why Abrams is like, it's really important for me to see them together? Yeah. Because part of this story is Kylo has to deal with the fact that he's a Skywalker. Yeah. And Ray needs doesn't have a family that she knows of, but she's found this family. Mm-hmm. And that there's a specific tension between hereditary versus found family. Especially when you when you think that maybe, just maybe, Leia's handing over relics to her. And if it, is it because turns out you're my long lost daughter? I don't know. Maybe is it because you're cloning my brother. I don't know. Maybe, but I always I look at it as she isn't, and and how, you know, how powerful that is for Leia God, to say. Yeah, if she had, if if they had dialogue of Leia talking mm-hmm. about, yeah, uh, I lost my son. You're yeah. all I have now. Yeah, or you know, you know Vader is mm-hmm. my father, but so is Bail Organa. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what, you know, yeah. And we're, we're here for you, Ray. Yeah. It'd be, you know, uh, getting into those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that will certainly be dealt with. And, uh, we know that Poe is meeting someone who's from his past in Zori Bliss. Right. We now know that Finn is going to deal with his past. I, I suspect that we might, he might actually meet someone from his past. Right. Uh, and that there might be this tension between where you come from, mm-hmm. uh, goes back to Kylo thinking he's, you know, that conversation with Laura Santeca of, yeah. I know you can't be this because of your family. It's like, oh, you're so right. I can be like my dad, dad yeah. my granddad, uh, and be <laughs> real, real evil. Um, so a lot of this starts to come down to, yeah. to more discussions of balance where yeah. people can go, yeah, I'm my blood, yeah, but I'm also my choices. And these, these are the people I, I choose to be my family. Yeah. That, yeah. The list of, yeah, because... I, I, yeah, sorry. I'm struggling because I just, I, I just, I, I, I guess I want to say this is why I hope Ray is still Ray from nowhere and and has no name that means something outside of herself. You know, uh, I don't, but I'm, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I feel I like. Lose it. Go ahead. No, I just don't want to lose that moment in eight. But uh, but 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 uh, even if she's daughter of Palpatine, that doesn't lose the power for me, and it's just the next chapter of the story. I will follow the thread. But just going back with the found family thing, it just going to be really powerful for Leia to, to really feel that about her. Like, I, yeah. I love you as my own now. Yeah, and maybe uh, it is, like we talked about mm-hmm. the second episode after Last Jedi came out, maybe it really is the bestowing of the name on her. Yeah. And that makes this uh, idea hereditary versus found family mm. the heart of the conflict. Yeah. Is which, which Skywalker will rise. Mm-hmm. Uh this is a slightly weird one, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this idea of symbiosis, which is just literally stated in The Phantom Menace multiple yeah. times. Uh, I would also consider it just sort of kindness, mm-hmm. empathy, trying to be there for other people. But the specific idea that we're all connected and we all need one another, which I think plays out in a this is the positive side of attachment. Mm-hmm. It, this is the, you know, the Gungans in the Naboo form a symbiote circle what happens to one affects the other i think it's just a kind of a 
pro-social civics lesson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think it also mirrors what Lucas wants to say about the Force, is that mm, yeah. we are all a part of the Force. We're all connected. Right. It is these luminous beings, you know, the the tree is alive and we're alive and we're all mm. we're all the same. We're all part of the same thing. Yeah. I think it's part of the idea of Jedi being selfless of like, well, a Jedi doesn't need to see like this is where I stop and you begin entirely because yeah. they see us as all connected in the Force. Is does that mean anything to you, or does it get into too sort of nebulous, no. new agey uh, ideas? No, I don't think it's super new agey when you look at it in Force Awakens. It just makes so much sense, and so talking about, you said something in there about the um, you know the Force and how we're all might be affected by it. The idea. Through the original trilogy, uh, you know, especially your perspective growing up, Jan Dodonna says, may the force be with you. Akbar says the force is there, but you get a sense it's not for anyone there. And and that it's for the knights going around with the laser swords. Uh, so I don't mean this in just a real simple everyone's a force user way, but just that this is might be the battle, the Skywalker saga, a battle between good and this evil that's back, this literal or whatever it is, but Palpatine, or the manifestation of Palpatine, or representation of Palpatine, the evil that killed our family, that that's all of your fight. That this is, we're in this, all forces coming together. Right. All ships coming together. All horses coming together. Because it does affect all of us, and it isn't, it's not just our little family drama. It never was. Yeah. It, it was affecting the galaxy. Um, and then that, and that everyone, people have to, I don't know, realize that, come together because of that. It seems like everyone's going to be willing to fight anyways, but just that it was, you know, we're not just fighting the First Order, yeah. by the way. We're fighting this guy. Yeah. And, and this, you know. Yeah, this the, this guy is the the architect of, yeah. of the galaxy's uh, suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You made me just think of it the idea of uh, sort of the Force is this organic thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, Palpatine's like a disease. Mm, yeah. And he has used the Skywalkers yeah. to sort of target <laughs> the rest of the organism and definitely and you know pervert it. Uh, in this idea of that, well, okay, well we need to eliminate this yeah. from our our healthy system. <laughs> um, I certainly think there's great stuff in, in all of these commercials coming out of like it looks like the battle is unwinnable. Yeah, but you have to fight anyway. And if that comes from a recognition of. Mm. This isn't just the fight of our day. This is the fight we've been fighting for generations. Yeah. And it's got to end, I think, uh, is a powerful idea to to make yeah. it not just, oh, Skywalker's having a fight again, and, and the rest of us are kind of blown in the wind by it. Yeah. Which is why sometimes I wonder, too, if uh, what we're seeing is this fight that is Palpatine and his ice ships <laughs> and his fleet. That it that has nothing to do with the first order, and that and in some weird ways the first order fighting alongside the resistance. I, I think, I, that, I know, think like, there's something to the fact that we have not seen the fate of the first order yeah. at all, right? Yeah, uh, we've seen some star destroyers, but we have not seen or what we assume is some a little yeah. bit of pride. The little yeah. Hux has kind of not been around, been around in the marketing, and that and that I wonder if that that the reason is not that they're 
you know, cynics would say it's an ineffectual group, but everything I, I'd say it's quite a comment on uh, evil returning, like we talk about here. You talked a lot, a lot about that. Uh, uh, I was talking with our good friend Joe Starr the other day about this because we were doing a little video on the First Order, and uh, just like, yeah, it's almost like weird. Like JJ and team predicted some things back in 2013, <laughs> 2014, 2015. The movie comes yeah. out, and then some things start to happen where you're like, oh, oh yeah, um, and we're all is born out of, hey, what if the Nazis in Argentina? banded together and came back like um so i consider the first order pretty viable as a bad guy entity and and pretty uh pretty important to study uh but again it would be really weird i would i'm talking out loud right now yeah. uh this episode we're doing that a lot here but just be weird if hux was like you know let's go let's go fight with the good guys but however if there's some kind of like this this evil's bigger than everything that would be an amazing you know, a new approach at this idea mm-hmm. of if Hux is so certain of what he's doing, but mm-hmm. if my fan theory is true that Legion General Pride has something to do with mm-hmm. getting Palpatine back and yeah, getting that yeah, armada yeah. back, and he gets, you know, stabbed in the back, maybe literally by a yeah. Legion General Pride, mm. that wouldn't that be amazing to see it suddenly like the them able, yeah. like Hux realizes what what the resistance has been saying and all these right, books right. leading up to it of like what happens to one of us happens to all of us yeah and if palpatine is the the evil yeah <laughs> what you have been doing to us yeah. he is going to do, do to, to you. you that is the nature of this and like wouldn't it be amazing if you know we were able to get through to hux i think probably not probably I th- not i think he probably gets stabbed in the back by <laughs> yeah, general yeah. allegian or, or, or choked uh, by kylo yeah i don't think he's gonna make it very far into the film uh no. but it would mm. be amazing to use this idea of sort of like we might have three prongs of we have the resistance we yeah, have yeah. the uh, re-emergent actual sidious palpatine empire yeah and the first order what happens to that third part of the first order we don't we don't know and could it could it get back to these ideas <laughs> this is of a, we're we're all together what happens to one of us happens to all of all us, of us. So be a circle. you just you just this is this is a child of the 80s response here you just kind of pitched a uh cobra <laughs> where they go and create sepentor because they're unhappy with cobra commander's leadership <laughs> are you I never, because you've talked about Richard E. Grant even you know, back in the day, but hey, maybe he was cast as a, as a force priest that brings yeah, back yeah, imperial dignitary. Imperial yeah. dignitary, but now we know a little bit more what he is. Still could be that, by the way, just different outfit and title. Um, I love this idea of like, all right, Hux, I know how we get rid of Kylo. We bring back another, our original leader. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, there's yeah. something to that. I, I've simplified it, but uh, if anyone knows the Cobra Civil War between <laughs> Sepentor, Destro, and Cobra Commander, <laughs> you're speaking some things. That's that I'm, what's uh, going to yeah. happen. They looked at an old episode of G.I. Joe and Ark, <laughs> I would imagine. We have an idea. Yeah. Mm. All right. We're, we're getting getting to the end. Just have a, a few left. But there's a yeah. lot of big ideas in Star Wars, yeah, the Skywalker imagine. saga, yeah. from a certain point of view. Uh, yeah. This is something that Lucas really, obviously, pops up in Return of the Jedi, and Lucas chose to really make a literal big deal mm. to have it those literal words restated. I, I think your focus determines your reality. Wisdom from Qui-Gon is, a, is another way to say, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, your point of view matters and, and you're going to, you're going to shape your own world based on how you see it. Yeah. Um, do you want that to be, we've talked about whether or not those actual words n- need to appear, but do you want that idea to be important to the resolution of the Skywalker saga? I, I, I 
more to specifically to the resolution or the path of Kylo Ren of any point of view that he, you know, the point of view uh, that he had on Darth Vader changing is always where I go to. Mm, yeah. I really don't think we're going to get it Hayden Christensen as Anakin in any way, shape, or form. Okay. But I do think we're going to get a lot of mentions of him, obviously. Um, and that, that, that Vader helmet tower getting destroyed that we've seen now a few times, does that have anything to do with him kind of like having his perspective changed on it? I don't yeah. know. But overall... Maybe that's maybe the lesson is Hux. Yeah, I love that in Last Jedi. There's such a big the, the words your point of view aren't used, but yeah. hearing the tale of what happened at the temple from a couple different perspectives. Yeah, Ray and Kylo seeing into one another's minds and mm-hmm. clinging to what their interpretation of what they saw. They both saw things accurately, yeah, but spun them into the way they wanted to see them. So we've had some doubling down on how being too caught up in your own point of view is dangerous. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there's got to be something in this story about somebody being able to see things suddenly in a way they couldn't before, couldn't before. And, mm. and having a new point of view. Definitely. Unreliable narrators. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's yeah. not a, not a huge theme, but no. um, there's been a lot of different ideas about who is telling us this story. Right. Is it the droids? You're uh, invited to think of it as a story that is being told by having literal, the basically the Star Wars version of Once Upon a Time, and then right. here's the here's what was coming before in the opening crawl. Um, we've got a lot of unreliable narrators in Star Wars, including yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi and Palpatine himself. There's a there's a history yeah. of either hey I'm trying to tell you the truth they think you need to hear i'm trying to tell you the truth i want you to hear because i'm manipulating you mm-hmm. what do you want out of that idea uh yeah that was a great idea uh it's definitely uh, uh c3po that's what he has corrected uh the whole time i've been telling the story wrong uh nah, yeah i wanted to play out um it's not as uh it, it, it to me it would be palpatine's the one got the uh yeah got the story um and that and again, going to the point of view conversation, but whatever Ren felt feels he uh, knowledge he has came was a little unreliable, and therefore he becomes an unreliable one. But also, if there's any kind of clarification on his in his mind and soul about what happened with him and Luke, because there's there's two unreliable narrators until <laughs> Luke maybe comes clean, you yeah. know. So I, I think I think we'll circle him if there, if there's if there's if it's present at all. Yeah. I think there could be some really interesting storytelling with 3PO of obviously something's happening to him. If it, mm-hmm. Is it just he's being turned into a red-eyed war machine and using 3PO's bowcaster and it's cool? Or is he getting his memories back because he was that. at the center of it all? Mm-hmm. Or or is there something where R2, you know, is R2 involved in the last beats and it does kind of mm-hmm. connect it to, you yeah. know, maybe maybe he he is the one who, who knows everything. Yeah. Um, and he's he's coming back to like nah, I'm I'm a reliable narrator. I was there. Yes, yes. Actually, that's that'd be yeah. great. Uh, speaking of R two, let's talk about uh, organic versus mechanical. This is one that I've been on about a lot on Force Center mm-hmm. lately, but I think it tracks against uh, across a lot of the Skywalker saga. Uh, there's just like having a sense of humor versus rigidity, which mm-hmm. we see constantly. Our heroes versus our villains. Uh, they have a lack of imagination and can be exploited easily by by poking fun at them and. Mm-hmm. We have the constant image from the the evil side of identical troopers versus a ragtag crew of mm-hmm. lots of different people and ships. Um, you also have the the really specific storytelling of the 
I, I prefer to think of it as the scars of war, but the mechanical parts of, mm-hmm. of Vader's body being more machine than man. But mm-hmm. that is, you know, uh, mechanical versus the organic. It's one of the turning points uh, for Luke. How do you see that playing out? Do you think that the First Order or, or Palpatine's Empire, or if they're all the same thing, do you think there's something in their rigidity, in their mechanization that is going to bring them down? Yeah, man, so you got space horses on a star destroyer. That that's going to take you down. <laughs> that is literally take the organic down. running all over the mechanical. Yeah, and you got this all star collection of ships. Like you said, we know the ragtag crew. Yeah, the, the the rebellion uh, eventually gets a little uh, diverse. Um, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely think that's going to be there. Maybe not overt, over the top, but um, but like you said, even just the images, it's it's still there. You see a bunch of cool jetpack troopers, but they all look the same and yeah that that that's a constant theme but i think when you got space horses stamping along on a star destroyer the, that's going to be there and that will be what ends the first order or palpatine's order whatever we call it yeah it is yeah it, it really it harkens back to like even the ewoks of like well they're not a threat and yeah there's certainly yeah. nobody in the in the yeah. empire going like they're gonna ride space horses on our yeah. ship <laughs> and they're gonna break in <laughs> yeah especially if it's like we could defend the hell out of b-wings a-wings y-wings are there horses on our ship? <laughs> uh, it just makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, it makes me yeah. happy. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we've touched on it a little bit, but uh, kind of ties in the corruption of organizations. This one I'm interested in because I think Lucas was hyper focused on it. What yeah. do you know? After being involved in Hollywood as a real indie filmmaker for years, Lucas was real obsessed with the idea that organizations <laughs> corrupt, yeah. uh, that they become rigid and dogmatic, and they lose their purpose. Mm-hmm. It's explicitly what's happening with the Republic. It's explicitly what's happening with the Jedi Order is that they do have good intentions. Yeah. But they start to crumble when they lose that sense of humanity. Yeah. In connection. <laughs> um, so do you, do you think that's present in the original trilogy? Or the sequel trilogy, or is it really something that's foundational just in the prequel trilogy? Uh, I definitely think it is... Uh it's it's dealt with in the original trilogy. I think uh, you're made to think. I mean, it, it is, but you're made to think like the Empire is kind of what's in charge and, and, yeah. and how that's gone wrong. So it's definitely there. I'm surprised by Return of the Jedi. He didn't rename the Empire the Director's Guild of the Galaxy, but <laughs> uh, and then he really just comes back and and tells tells that story of of how you know how an Empire, uh, not the, that Empire, but how a, how a civilization. A democracy could crumble. He's he's coming back to tell that story, and yeah. it's this collection of of corruption and, and complacency more than anything. Yeah. Complacency of organization seems to be a big one. So, uh, it to me it was already on display in the time between Jedi and Force Awakens with yeah. the New Republic government. That's been handled very well, I thought. Yep, not not super present in the Force Awakens, but enjoy all the books and comics and games that deal with that and Mandalorian a little bit. Yeah, they uh, make it clear that it is the complacency of the New Republic yeah. that they are not willing to see the First Order as yeah. a threat. So I think we're a little bit past it, and and and, and, and there's you know you're not gonna have a new government show up right now and be like right we're corrupt. It's already happening, but it might eat but the first order, first order up yeah. from the inside somehow. Yeah, the complacency, complacency and the, if the first order is complacent, they might not see that there is basically. And I'm just guessing that there is kind of some Trojan horse of of Palpatine. Yeah built yeah. inside first order, and they can't see it can't because see it. they're so. Mm-hmm. Um, full of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That could play out there. Uh, 
so kind of wanted to wrap up with some discussions of the end. So much, so much meaning is contained in the end of stories. And I had a three different ways I want to look at it. Okay. So we can kind of look at them all together at the same time. There's the big, um, coming of age story that is star Wars. That's mm-hmm. Lucas has been explicit about. That's the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. The sequel trilogy, it's really been expanded to be uh, the coming of middle age, (laughs) the coming of old age, the idea that these are stories for 12-year-olds and for anywhere you are in life where you have to face hard challenges and and face them well. So do you want, how how do you think that might be involved in the end? I don't think it'll be involved. It's just, um, It'll be the choices made to to gain the victory or, or, or the choices to take this home. Um, again, we talk a lot about it. You know, for 12-year-olds, it also means like, hey, 12, 12-year-old, you're going to be 60 at one point. Here's the yep. decision you have to make. So um, I, I think it will end with some real base-level powerful morality tale, but some morality yeah. lessons in there that, that you can just really boil down to 12-year-olds. Yeah. I don't know what that is specifically. We have a lot of complicated theories that we've put forth here and ideas, but it will come down to that. But I, I like your instinct that even with all the various uh, theories we've been spinning and the what ifs, that there's mm-hmm. going to be complexity, but it will somehow end with that simplicity of it, yeah. the, the world's really hard, but you can choose to do yeah what, what is clearly Works. kind yeah. and right. Yeah. So hope. That word's uh, baked into Star Wars uh, yeah. when Lucas decides to rename the the chapter that. It's Leia's famous speech. Mm-hmm. You're my only hope. So, and hope is what, in some ways, yeah. is the victory yeah. in The Last Jedi. So we've kind of already got the hope. Yeah. hope. But how do you want the idea of hope to be embedded in this story, and in particular, do you want the all of the Skywalker saga to end on a beat of hope in specific? Absolutely. Absolutely. A beat of hope, uh, a moment, uh, a, a, a hopeful future, something I want it to be a little less overt than rogue one. And I love all the hope mentioned in rogue one. It's a driving force in rogue. One. Yeah. A couple of times. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. You said the word hope, um, <laughs> but that's me on a cynical day. But yeah, no, it, it, the hope's going to play out throughout. We got to have hope to take this all down. But I, the ending, the ending after all the, the pain, the suffering, the lessons, everything we've gone through for nine movies to end not on a new hope to save the day, but just the hope of a better tomorrow is is real. Yeah. Is there a payoff? Is, it, is this the answer to eight movies of we need to keep hope? Well, why? You're going to find out. It gets you to this point. Yeah. We're on an A to Z journey, and this is we're at Z, and this is what hope gets you. Yeah. Could be that. Yeah. I think there is still that possibility that how is this rhyme with, but it's different than Return of the Jedi. Remember, Return of the Jedi ends on a party. We won. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of melancholy with Luke, but I wonder if this sure. is the, and we see them just for a couple little scenes, you know, with beautiful John Williams music, mm-hmm. happily living life. Yeah, because this is what they fought for. This yeah. is why they had hope. Exactly what you're saying. And this is what they won. Yeah, you finally won it. You won that new car in the game show, man. <laughs> You've been playing for it for eight films. Yeah, and, and many, many bits of supplemental material. Final question. Mm-hmm. So Lucas has talked about how the Skywalker saga was originally 
a fairy tale, and you can really yeah. see that in New Hope. Now that the Skywalker saga has is coming towards its end, it's had a lot of complexity. Mm-hmm. Is it still a fairy tale? Do you want it to be a fairy tale? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want this to be the most magical ending to a fairy tale uh, ever, ever felt. Richard E. Grant crying on Twitter. I... And I was saying, I need to feel, because I thought for sure I was going to cry when I was dead certain Han was dying, and I didn't. Um, so I'm not going to say I need to cry, but I, w- I would just want to have the, not even if they're happily ever after, but the joy, the feeling of hope, sadness, uh, loss, but the sense of growth from it. I, I want it all, and maybe it ends with a singing toaster like a fairy tale <laughs> should, but but yeah, I want this is a fairy tale. Yeah. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? So... Yeah, yeah, it's got a. It is. It is a fairy tale, but yeah, yeah. I think I want that slightly more complex fairy tale because yeah. it, the the story has inevitably become that. You know, a lot of people yeah. looked at the end of Return of the Jedi and said, "Well, it, it's a fairy tale because they lived yeah. happily ever after, right?" Because we don't need to know anymore. Right. But the choice of the sequel trilogy to say, "Yeah, no, mm-hmm. evil comes back, and a new generation has to deal with that." So, yeah. what is that like? That's I think why we are telling this story. Right. Why this is a part of the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm hoping for a fairy tale ending that has that hope, that has that joy, but it has a little bit of a, a little bit more twinge of of reality mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. says it's not happily ever after. It's happy now. Mm. And how do we keep happy now as we look to the future and have something that has all of that joy, but just a little bit more sense of yeah. we're carrying the burden now. And eventually we will we will pass it off yeah. to keep the joy, to keep the balance, and to keep the, the happy now. Star Wars happy now. Star Wars happy now. <laughs> the inevitable sequel to Rise of Skywalker. So that is our look at some of the big themes and where they may or may not go in Rise of Skywalker. That's some great stuff, man. I'm so ready. So ready. There's so many answers coming, though. Open up your hearts. Open up your minds (laughs) to what is coming. Uh, We're going to go to audience questions. We're going to Facebook, actually, from Stephen Kirkpatrick. He writes, question for the main show. Do you think we'll see Gungans in Episode 9? I'm a prequel kid and grew up with Phantom Menace. I always thought Gungans were treated unfairly. I understand that Jar Jar may not be for everyone, but I think most people incorrectly assume all Gungans were like Jar Jar. I'm probably the only fan who thinks this way. But I've, uh, I want I, I want to see the grizzled Gungan bounty hunter or the loyal Gungan co-pilot. I just want more Gungans in the galaxy far, far away. Thanks for the countless hours of entertainment. Thank you, Steven. Thank you for being a prequel kid. Thanks for supporting the Gungans. I like <laughs> what he said here, Joseph. There's some stuff that makes a lot of sense, particularly at the end. But where do, where do you want? You want some Gungans rolling around nine? Oh, yeah. Come on. We're all in. Get get the Gungans in the battle. Yeah. I think I think the Gungans have a ship buried somewhere in that fleet. That would be great. I would love yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um, there's the, some great Gungan action in the last shot novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I think there. I think that's the one where the the Gungans like we don't all say Misa. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. just how some some of us talk. Yeah. Um, I just I've seen it before, but the last time I was watching Attack the Clones recently with my wife, there's that shot of a couple Gungans on Naboo, and they look right. like they're in a little bit more like yeah regal fancy dress you know and it's yep. fun to see that representation of gungans uh and i would love more of it i want to i want a gungan ship I, I just want a quick shot too yeah yep there if we lead good people will follow and some of those good people are, are gungans and their gungan warship that they made yeah underwater great 
Yeah, no, if we have a Unabanco flying up in space, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, but I like it, you know, that the, a grizzled Gungan bounty hunter, uh, not that we're seeing nine, but I love that concept, uh, 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 you know, a co-pilot, that makes a lot of sense, too, if it's, uh, you cut to a ship, and it's so funny, because even if that was the case, and that final, that battle or that shot that we've already seen of the Falcon leading everybody in, if you cut to a cockpit and there's a Gungan co-pilot, it's going to elicit so many reactions. Yeah. Good, bad, not indifferent. Um, but I want them to find a way to do that. Yeah. I I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they will, but um, It'd be very it would cool. work. It would work for people like Steven and the prequel fans everywhere. Brian Barry writes, I've been wondering if our gang is on Endor as a funeral spot for Luke. Maybe it will be the final resting spot for all of the Skywalkers. So I guess you'd have to assume maybe at some point they just went to Endor and said, hey, let's put a little uh, tombstone up. Yeah. It's been about a year since. Yeah. yeah, A year since Let Jedi. I do like the idea in theory here of like, hey, you know, we burnt uh, Vader here. Mm -hmm. Now Luke, kind of a magical place. Wicked. Keep an eye out on it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I really want us to be on the forest moon of Endor. I, I am starting to be concerned that that is a different planet because yeah. it was described somewhere as a jungle planet. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that was a differentiation. We'll see um, if there isn't. Yeah. I think a literal like funeral spot for Luke, it, it could be that, yes, they have put up, uh, you know, some sort of marker there. Mm. Um, I think the thing in that, that is really powerful to me in, in Brian's question is getting at is that scene with Leia you know, it's meaningful that she is there mm -hmm. in this beautiful, verdant, organic place yeah. full of life yeah. and light. Uh, and I would love it if there was some sort of reflection there on what Luke meant, on what Leia's understanding of the Force is. Yeah. That that's kind of, that everything that Luke did and accomplished matters, and we're passing that on to Rey. Mm. Yeah. I think that for me would kind of fill what I think Brian's question is getting at. Right. That it's this, it's this holy spot. Holy now. spot. Place of meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Octo could end up being that too. Um, uh, we'll see uh, if they go back. Um, go to Patreon. We got uh, Huni uh, Hubana. I'm, I'm definitely saying that wrong, which is part of the fun of being a Force Center fan. <laughs> uh, can you retire from the Empire? Empire was there for a while, so there must have been some old guys getting retired. Do you think they got a gift basket from the management or <laughs> the Vader drop by a party? Thanks for the show and the views from the dark and the light and from, from really from the light. Uh, greetings from uh, uh, Ula, Finland. It's colder here than Hoth. <laughs> love that. I love that. Uh, this is on one level. This is really funny. And I appreciate this type of empire, imperial humor. But other, other, I'm like, you know, Bodie Rook took a job, right? We yep. always go to that. He took became a truck driver. He's like, cool, I'm going to work for 10 years. That's my contract with them. Then I'm going to go open up a, a eatery back on uh, on Jakku. Or, or uh, yeah, he's uh, not on Jakku. Uh, 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 the Jetta. Thank Jetta, you. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So I actually think there uh, there could be some truth to this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a retirement. You know, this is what you, you get into the romance, the fairy tale of yeah. uh, Star Wars and Palpatine represents the the darkness that we all could have in us, but let mm -hmm. unleashed it's, its full horrible potential. And then there's the real practical. He managed the empire. Yeah. He needed resources and he had budgets. And my take is that bastard fired or murdered you when you got too old. <laughs> he cut 
cost. He even yeah. cut the clone program, right? And yeah. uh, he could have he could have kept making clones, but it was easier to just manipulate mm-hmm. stormtroopers and have them conquer by numbers and not be as well trained. I guarantee you, yeah. he was fi- if if you got to an age where you mm-hmm. were like seventy years old yeah. and you were costing too much. Mm-hmm. just replace you with a younger person. Yep. You have an accident. That's why there are no guardrails anywhere yeah. in the Empire, <laughs> because older people just disappeared. Just I disappeared. say there's no way Palpatine's letting anyone make decent money and make money while not working. Love He's it. too evil. He's real-world evil as well yep. as romantic space evil. Love it. And, you know, if you worked in Scarif and you retired, you're, you're not taking those secrets out to the public. Boom. Off nope. a guardrail. Yep. Off a guardrail-less a walkway. You, you can go. have an ocean vacation by yes. being drowned. Great, uh, great answer there, Joseph. I love that. <laughs> Eric Choppa, last question today. Even though we know nothing of the content of the Obi-Wan show, what are some responsibly speculated fun titles for the series that you wouldn't mind? I, for one, would love for the show was simply called Ben. What are some of your fantasy titles for the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See Ben? Yeah. I think Ben's a possibility. Yeah. It, might be, it might be a little too casual. Yeah. Uh, Con- yeah, go for it. Kenobi's the leading contender in the clubhouse for me. It's yeah. just so simple. It's sim- similar to Solo, but that might be but it also gets, what they don't want to... Yeah, but it gets to the, like, he kept that part of the name, but he's yeah. lost the name Obi-Wan. Can he, you know, reclaim it? That. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that Ooh. kind of thing. Here's my, my thing is I just, I hope that they do not back themselves into any sort of subtitle corners like they did with the mm. two... Uh, anthology films, right, right. The Star Wars stories, because mm-hmm. uh, I would be happy if it was Ben colon something, yeah, you know, to follow Star Wars traditions or Kenobi colon something, mm, yeah. Beyond the Dune Sea, mm, um, yeah. Um, Kenobi colon the Dark Times, the Dark Times, <laughs> uh, tie into what he said, and it's yeah. true. It's true for him personally in the galaxy. Old man in the desert. Uh, yeah, hello there is an obvious hello, uh, but, there. but hello there does start Ben colon hello, hello there, there. <laughs> does definitely start to sound like a quirky yeah. indie musical. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, yeah, Emma Stone is for sure in that. <laughs> um, my my the closest I have to a a good not a good it's not a good guess it's a desire i would love something that gets to the heart of he's trying to reclaim being a jedi yeah yeah i mean he's got a new mission right it's it's to to look over luke and that that matters too but he's got to reframe his mind to be okay with that right right so like finding hope the ben kenobi story (laughs) everything sounds like maybe uh, kenobi is uh recovering from like addiction or something who knows a past and future jedi something like that yeah that's great uh yeah i'm still gonna go with kenobi but yeah i'll I'll try to yeah try to think of some other ones yeah now it's just getting silly yeah yeah one yeah yeah Jedi in the desert Jedi in the desert lost in the desert story yes. of Obi Wan Kenobi sax music plays <laughs> Jedi Knights yes <laughs> Jedi hot t- hot tattooing knights could yep. work too yep Eric you've got us thinking we don't have the answer quite yet Eric Joni uh, Brian Stephen thank you for your questions if you have a thought for uh, today's episode a question for a future episode you can find us at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. We like our Facebook page. Write us there like Stephen did. Website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Podcasts available in a lot of spots like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, we are on YouTube and Instagram as well. Don't forget, to, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Center. And tis the season, Joseph. I saw some 
sales ticking up this Ooh. past week over in T Public. Yeah, we got to get some of them shirts flying out the door. If you're getting yourself a, res, uh, a speculate responsibly shirt, let us know. Tweet a picture of that and share it with us. You can find them at tpublic.com slash user slash four center. Yeah, get that I Heart Murder Bear shirt. We got our own stuff going on. Like we said, the top show, it's been busy, fun time. But Joseph, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all sorts of comedy albums and a comedy book and live shows. Uh, got a lot a lot of shows coming up, so check that live shows page. And then on the podcast front, uh, in uh, later this week, on Thursday, Alex and Molly Damon are on my podcast, Obsessed, talking about Battlestar Galactica. Oh, nice. It was such a great conversation, and we only bring it back to Star Wars three or four times, that's which I think great. is pretty impressive yeah, uh, for the three of us. But she's had a delightful time talking to Alex and Molly. They, they are great people and great fans mm. of Star Wars and great contributors to the Star Wars community. Yeah. So you can find that on josephsgrimshot.com. Check it out. Go to me at uh, Ken Napsock or kennapsock.com. Got some information, some uh, live shows coming up and working on to confirm, confirming some things in 2020. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> weeks away. Uh-huh. Woo! Well, uh, what is also very close is Rise of Skywalker. We hope you feel like you're getting ready and you're excited for Episode Nine. So for Joseph and Jennifer, I'm Ken. We'll see you next time. That was Force Center. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.